Ahoy, and welcome to the TA Playlist, the official game club of TrueAchievements.com. It's the first month of our second year running this club, so we've lowered the sails and set off for unexplored shores with Rare's brand new pirate adventure, Sea of Thieves. I'm Sam, Gamer Tag Kintaris, and I'll be our quartermaster for the voyage. I'm joined as always by our captain, Mark, Gamer Tag <laughs> Not Penny's Boat. Hello, Mark. Ahoy. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, we lost Kevin to Davy Jones's locker this month, and we're not entirely sure where he respawned. But luckily, we have a pirate legend in the making to join us this month. Uh, not only is he a veteran of the Cane and Rinse podcast, but he's also a former QA tester for Rare themselves, and the proud owner of the Stampers Forever achievement in Rare Replay. And our mm. listeners probably very familiar with how mm. tough that is. So uh, it's Rare superfan Darren Gargett, Gamertag Desmond. I'm so tired. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How was getting that achievement? Was it uh was it grueling towards the end? It was honestly, it was it was mentally challenging to the point where you you believe that nothing's happening behind the scenes. <laughs> I had to like keep a manual tally on paper of how many of the thousand death matches and th- uh, honestly ridiculous. Don't do it unless you're <laughs> You've got nothing better to do. Just don't do it. That's what I'm going to say. It is ridiculous. We uh, we narrowly avoided playing Perfect Dark Zero for a previous podcast. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll take your word for that one. Um. Yeah. yeah, don't do it. And it's it's not like you know it's not like rare or whatever do such a thing like that again anyway. So at least they learned their lesson. No. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> They've learned from their mistakes. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so. Uh, sea of thieves walked away with the community vote in april with just under 40 percent of the vote um the rest of the votes were fairly evenly split between forza horizon 3 battlefield 1 and gears of war 4 for better or worse the community was clearly intrigued to try out rare's nautical adventure and i'm sure it didn't hurt that the game launched straight onto xbox's game pass service now mark and i both played this game via the game pass but darren i can't imagine you getting anything but the physical copy and as far as I can tell from Twitter, quite a lot of CFE swag to go along with it. Mm, yeah, um, I had the physical pre-ordered and then I thought it's going to be a game that's never going to leave my hard drive. So I swapped it to digital because you get some Sea Dog pack or something. Ah, okay. And then, then I ended up getting the controller and all the comics and then the book <laughs> and then the art book and then the two figures you can get. Uh, yeah, it's it's just... It's a spiral mountain. <laughs> it's a spiral of um craziness, to be honest, and it's something that I shouldn't have done, but... <laughs> If, if there was ever going to be a game to grab me, you know, by the hook, I don't know. And uh, yeah, this is going to be, this is the one, you know, it's the, it's, it's a new rare IP. It's, yeah. it's an, it's an Xbox exclusive, which you don't really see many of. And mm. yeah, it's a, it's a pirate game, which is kind of where rare have always been headed, you know, throughout their entire history. You look at their games and they've always got pirates in there somewhere. Mm. This game, this game was inevitable. And yeah, so the, the, the digital version is sitting on my hard drive, um, all nice and well, not glistening because you can't really touch it but yeah it's there it's there and it's it's being it's being abused every day <laughs> and that was that was quite the controller as well uh, that that they released for it oh yeah i got that control too i was just going to say it's it's been fun following darren's uh, stories on twitter every, every day he's got he's got more stories to tell from the seas it's it's nice as as another fan mm. yeah yeah there's there's many tales to be said many positive many negative yeah. um yeah it's quite a mixed bag of human interaction <laughs> so for the last few months of playlist games we've often wondered how much time we'd spend on story with some pretty lightweight narratives but we really mean it this time in its current state sea of thieves has no story whatsoever except the stories that players make for themselves so 
Let's instead start with the initial experience a player has and what it's like to take to the water before we move on to the multiplayer aspect. In Sea of Thieves, you wake in a shantytown outpost in the middle of an ocean of little islands and your first task is to work out what on earth you're supposed to be doing. There aren't really any tutorials in game and as soon as you spawned, it's basically up to you what comes next. Most players would probably want to go and find their ship and work out how to sail it, maybe pick up some missions from the three mission vendors available on each outpost in the game. Now, I know you both played Sea of Thieves in beta form before coming to the main game, but launch day was my first real experience with the game's mechanics, and honestly, it was difficult to work out what on earth I was supposed to be doing or how any of the systems operated for quite a while. Uh, on reflection, I think I do quite like having had to work out for myself, um, and one of our frequent community contributors, uh, Better Sig X20, wrote something similar in our forums. Uh, they said, at the time... I was a bit annoyed about the lack of tutorial, but looking back, I think I kind of liked learning how to sail the ship without a lot of hand-holding from the game. Again, I was playing solo, so I didn't have a crew to kind of help me out, but at the same time, that allowed me to learn through trial and error and really get a feel for how it's supposed to work without being pressured not to screw it up. Uh, Darren, uh, starting with you, how how do you feel about the way that you're kind of just dropped without any clues at all into this game? Yeah, uh, intimidated is the, is the word. Um, <laughs> I played the alpha when it was just at the end, in between the alpha and the beta. And uh, yeah, I, I mentally sat down and prepared myself for a night of understanding what this game was because we've seen the videos online and it's like, oh, this is the progression in CFEs and this is that and this is that. And I was like, well, I still don't understand what I'm doing. And the videos <laughs> didn't really tell you how to do it. So I got in the game and I, I, I set myself two hours to go, right, I'm mm. going to sit down and just understand what's going on in this world. And, you know, I, I hadn't seen anyone play it on Mixer or stuff because I think they were all NDA'd. So no one really knew what was going on. And I tried to avoid as much exposure as possible because, you know, that's what I do with games when I'm excited for them. I kind of keep it as, you know, mysterious as possible. Yeah, getting dropped into this world and not understanding what is going on at all. It was um, quite the harsh learning experience. And for the first few times I set sail, I... I mean, I'm scared of the ocean anyway, especially in video games, because back in the day I had an Amstrad and there's a game called Dizzy. It's an egg and he rolls around and I accidentally used a cheat code (laughs) to fly around the world and I flew up so far that I came through the bottom of the ocean and I drowned as an egg. And that just broke my mind forever for for sea games (laughs) and ocean based like Lara Croft in Tomb Raider on the PS1. That that death scene where she drowns is like in my brain forever as another mentally scarring thing. So to play an ocean game where... I don't know an ocean game, a pirate game on the ocean where I don't know what I'm doing. I was terrified. <laughs> and me- and many, many times, because I didn't understand really how boats work like this, I, I just ploughed it into a rock and then I was in the sea and I was like, oh, I feel ill and hmm. I had to turn it off. And it was quite, um, honestly, it was quite, it was quite a fear-inducing game at first. Yeah. And it, it, I was wondering if I could ever play it because I wanted to play it because it's a new rare game, but could I get over this fear? And luckily, you know, I have. And it's it's, it's kind of cartoonish way kind of helps that um but yeah i'm utterly intimidated by every system in that game but i'm glad that i'm glad that it's not your traditional waypoint marker game you know like Hmm. i can imagine some other version of this game having like go here and press this button do that i i kind of appreciate you know as a as a person who's played many video games that it kind of just went yeah just do it you know and just just learn by your mistakes and you know, some mistakes can cost you many, many hours and many, many loots. But um, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I was definitely intimidated by CFEs at first, and um, 
it yeah for, for a game that's rated 12 over here it kind of needs a bit more of an easier way in for the kids man like uh, not to like patronize kids but mm. f- for a 12 year old playing this game to put it on and go there you go it's kind of cool because it's a sandbox and it's like you know choose your own adventure you know when i was a kid i had like a a, a map of cars on and you just drive the cars around here this you know the potential for a 12 year old to play a pirate game like this where they could go wherever they want and do whatever they want is great but in reality when it comes to me dropping into their game and they've got no clue what they're doing and it's like brilliant we're just out in the ocean doing nothing um it, it needs it needs like a little mini world for them to play in, like a little side area just to go, right, here's a sloop in a little tiny four by four grid, here's how you sail. Like Yeah. It, Almost like the tutorial area in uh, in Minecraft, I think, would would be yeah. something like that. It'd be yeah. probably quite good. Yeah, you know, just a little separate server, like just so they can just toy around in there for a second and then but then I I, I like the fact that sometimes you do see someone sailing and they just plow it into a rock and you're like, oh, <laughs> like it, like not yeah, yeah, like many things with this game, it's such a mixed bag of emotions. And like I can see why they didn't add a tutorial because they just wanted you to learn it and you know understand, and that's kind of the best way to learn is to fail. Um, but also, it does need a few kind of this guy over here will send you, it will sell you a mission, and this guy over here will help you do this. <laughs> I'm conflicted. Um, I, I I appreciate their their trust in the player, but also some players need help. Yeah, how how did you feel about it, Mark? So yeah, my, like you said, I played in the I didn't get in the alpha, but I played the beta for the last few weekends before it launched. And my very first experience with this game, I jumped into a galleon uh, solo. I didn't have anyone else playing with me at the time. A lot of my gaming comes at like terrible. Uh, inconvenient hours so I always just end up playing with random people in this game much of the time Uh, but I I got matched up with a a team of three that quite clearly knew each other and seemed to know the game pretty well at that point already because like I said this was towards the end of the the pre-release stages Uh, and yeah they took me under their wing so I never really I never really saw the game through the confusion that is definitely there for so many people Although I can say, even not having experienced it, I I probably would have quite enjoyed that because one of my favorite things about this game is that, like Darren alluded to, it it's not um it's not a bunch of waypoint markers and mini maps and icons and it's not a Ubisoft game. You know that's one of the things that drives me crazy <laughs> crazy about Ubisoft games. Like I just beat mm-hmm. Far Cry Five and I enjoyed it, but it's like yet another game where like enemies are silhouetted in red and like you're so you can see them through rocks and and doorways and walls and just they clutter the the screen so much with you and 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 sea of thieves doesn't do that just kind of drops you in you start at an outpost in a a tavern you know your ship's docked you get on the ship you don't know what you're doing you can pick up maps it doesn't really tell you where you're going you have to match it like i i like that there's no hand holding there oh even though Hmm. you know like i said that, that kind of wasn't my experience because uh I did have a team of three that really did hold my hand and, and walk me through a lot. And it was actually a very uh, advantageous first experience for me. It's, you know, I, I, where I think your first experience was terrible, Sam. My, my first experience was the exact opposite. And <laughs> Yeah, like we, with this team of strangers, uh, we, you know, partly by chance, we ended up experiencing a lot of what the game had to offer in, mm-hmm. in a few hours of that first session. Like we, there was a ship battle we, we eventually engaged in and, you know, I was playing, um, uh, what what are the the her what is the instrument called the hurdy gurdy I think mm-hmm. yeah 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 I was you know so we're we're charging into battle we're loading the cannons it's like you know just like an hour into my first experience it was it was quite riveting and uh 
you know, they, they kind of walk me through it, like a real baptism by fire type of thing. And I'm playing the hurdy-gurdy, playing the, uh, what is it, the Flight of the Valkyries or something like that, the, the, mm-hmm. the real, like, dramatic song. <laughs> and uh, just, I don't that that first experience for me, it was it was really illuminating just, like, how high the ceiling could be for me. Um, yeah. But, yeah, certainly, I think for, you know, especially with it being a Game Pass game, maybe a bit more hand-holding would benefit this game like darren was saying like a like a kiddie pool area basically Definitely. and not just yeah. for kids but for for anyone who needs just just a just a little bit more direction because so many people are going to try it out or, or you know if if they don't already have game pass they might have been waiting to use their two-week trial for this game and for it to just throw you into a, a massive world like this with a ship you don't know how to control and islands you don't know anything about and enemies that might want to grief you like it could be a, the worst experience for some people who may otherwise like it if if rare just could see to you know showing them the ropes a little bit better i think mm-hmm. but like i said for me that wasn't my experience anyways and as you'll quickly figure out i love this game so (laughs) (laughs) well i think those first experiences matter a lot and and just to just to indicate what we're talking about as well um a lot of my initial experiences were just solo on sloops and we'll get into later why why i ended up going solo so often but um i found the game incredibly slow uh, and i couldn't really work out why everything was taking (laughs) so long for me but i actually jumped into a session with you mark and this was probably about 10 12 hours into into my playing of this game and you showed me where you turn the sail to catch the wind and i was like oh <laughs> oh wow wow oh my goodness i probably could have played <laughs> about five hours and got the same amount as i got out of 10 hours because i've mm. just been drifting uh. through the ocean <laughs> so yeah that i definitely could do with that kiddie pool i think that'd be handy for me but um <laughs> but i think there is one there's one aspect of this game that is quite hard to be negative about so i think it's it's good to focus on it and that's the feel of piloting a ship through the open seas once you've got a handle of, of what's going on. It's here that the game feels solid to me. And while the various jobs to complete on the ship aren't immediately obvious, it all makes sense. And there's a physicality to the ship and the water mm-hmm. surrounding that, that makes it quite exhilarating and, and quite intuitive. You, you really learn how to use the boat. It becomes part of your team, essentially. Uh, I find myself being drawn to the solo experience because you have to manage all those jobs on your own. And it's it's an odd kind of enjoyable tension of multitasking so many different things in a shifting landscape of just continual peril, whether that's other players or giant rocks or just the weather turning. Um, what what were your impressions of, of the actual sailing and the ship controls once once you're out into the open seas and once you really got a handle of everything? Yeah, I, I think you nailed it there. It you know, I'm not a sailor, but it feels genuine, you know, and you have to anticipate the turns the right way. Like when you're, when you're trying to get around the rocks or certainly when you're docking at an Island or at an outpost, uh, it, I think another reason why this game caught me so early on is because that system that, you know, people call it like a mini game, like the sailing mini game, whatever, but those mechanics, because they're so strong and I, you know, I didn't master them just a few hours in, but but I was able to hold my own, whether I was solo or part of a crew. And uh, it it just, I mean, yeah, I, I'm in danger of just repeating what you just said because I, I I really agree with what you said. It's just <laughs> it it feels it feels real, you know. Like I I have I've not steered a ship, but I've been on a ship, you know, that like the way the waves catch you, and 
you know, like when I'm using the spyglass looking for other boats or other uh, or particular things on islands or whatever, and you kind of have to play against the waves. And I, th- I think we'll talk about the wave tech uh, maybe later too. But it's hmm. it it just it just feels so real, and I th- I think you know, like like I think you alluded to it as well that we all to some degree enjoy the the solo sloop style of play too which apparently was added late is that correct do you know if that's true or not darren someone told me that was added late in the game mm. Mm, i'm i'm not 100 sure but i think i heard that it was a kind of oh yeah people are asking for it so let's kind of drop it in now it was kind of yeah, yeah i think you're right in that but i can't be 100 percent sure yeah and i'm i mean i'm really glad they did i've i've played the game for 50 or more hours and probably more than half in solo that's that's really the experience i've i've liked and I think it's like you said. It can often be well, <laughs> you know. Even once you do master how to turn the sails, Sam, I think it can still be a, a quite slow and and a very lax experience. Just sailing island to island. Oftentimes, you know, nothing might even happen for several minutes at a time, much longer than the typical player is comfortable with just waiting for excitement. But for me, the, those down periods were a lot of fun. I just like being out in the ocean. There's a you know, a, a, I just said last month in the Fable Two podcast that we did that i don't like role-playing silent protagonists like other people say that's like one of the benefits of having a silent protagonist personally i've never been that person but with sea of thieves i actually found myself doing that you know i i don't i don't have a voice for my character internally but i have like a personality that's that's created in my in my brain and uh so when i'm just out there solo slooping and things are quieter like i i I just soak those moments in and and i i think the the pacing of it when when you're sailing specifically can be a big turnoff for people, but like so much else in this game for me, it just it just happened to click. <laughs> I honestly, I think the whole game is based around the core mechanic of the ship. They, they put so much effort into making this ship work as you'd expect. Um, not mm. it's not realistic. Like I can't imagine me turning a sail in a ship in five seconds. And then if you've got a friend, it's 2.5 seconds. Cause <laughs> that's kind of the genius behind it is that they've all the jobs on the, on the deck and, and below, you know, for repairing and bailing, it's all just friendly enough for it to be okay and manageable when everything goes sour. But also if people aren't working, then it will go sour. Like there's a really good balance there that they've struck. And I really mm. feel like, you know, raising and lowering the sails on your own or with uh, a galleon like it's just friendly enough but it also requires that extra bit of work from either player or yourself mm-hmm. just for it to do a good balance and it really really it, that's the reason why i'm still playing because i imagine the people who play flight sims and stuff they really get a kick out of a good takeoff and a really good landing and this is kind of the same for me like mm-hmm. i remember looking over the edge of a galleon and seeing the jetty the pier like the mini pier jetty thing whatever i can't i don't know nautical words i'm sorry um <laughs> but when i saw that i was on the edge of this boat and i saw the jetty kind of obviously move away well we're moving away from the jetty it, it felt so real and it's so weird to explain like we're part of this world and i've never really felt like this in a game before but like we did that it's something so simple but we did that and it like you can just see it go away and you're like yeah we're responsible for this like this is exactly this isn't entirely us doing this and when you park up and the, and the plank meets the jetty perfectly because you've done that there's there's some weird for me anyway like some weird goosebump feeling like 
I'm pretty good at this. Like, I'm good at this game. This is going all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like, yeah. it's so satisfying to manually control something so big or in a sloop, you know, something so squirrely, I guess. it's. But when you when you get it right, uh, you just know that Rare have put, I'd say, more than half their effort into making sure that these ships feel right. Because if it doesn't, then, you know, the rest of the game isn't going to carry it. The ships in this game no. carry the rest of the game. Um, you know, and I'd, I'd argue the the digging of the treasure is kind of uh, also another great carry for the rest of the game. Uh, but in terms of controlling a ship, I think it you couldn't have done this better. Um, I'd be interested to see how Skull and Bones does it. I know it's more mm. multiplayer focused. Uh, you know, literally arenas of ships fighting each other. But like everything's so manual in this game. It's so nothing's automated. Like if there's a wave in your way. You can't see where you're going. Yeah. If there's a storm in your way, you know, if, if the sun's in your face or if the sun's casting a shadow over the table that you're looking manually at through the grid and the floor, there's so mm. many things at play here, but none of it feels, it all feels organic and it all yeah. feels tangible and it's all done as part of a system. There are times where it doesn't, where it doesn't feel like a game. It feels like a world and bare, yeah. rarely have I felt that. Yeah. And it's it, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it. But but then but <laughs> then there are other parts of the game that we'll talk about in a minute that kind of undo all that. But the sh- the, the ship sailing and everything that happens around the ship is utterly it's it's crucial that they got the, this right. And um, yep. yeah, I'm I'm well happy with it. Yeah, and and it's interesting you say about about um, when you realise that like a shadow's casting itself over the map and it actually means you can't look at the map anymore i i I had a similar moment of just suddenly realizing how detailed some of that was when i realized that another player is was scrolling through the map looking for where to make land next and i could see the map moving and where they were moving it as another player Mm. you know you're so used to maps just being something you have in a pause menu and it's just your menu and and you're doing it all there but to just see someone basically physically moving the map in front of me that was that was a real moment of like wow they've they've really nailed the details with the ship mechanics especially and mm. and also with as as mark alluded to um the the actual movement of the sea itself i i i live by the sea i've grown up by the sea I've, it's it's kind of a, a a big part of my life really although i don't sail mm. myself i've never seen sea like this in a game it's 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 not even necessarily the most visually accurate but it's it, the way that it moves the way it feels and the way it sounds is uh, is incredible it's i've it, like you were saying earlier darren it, it can make you feel seasick it's that accurate and mm-hmm. just just the visuals of of the game particularly while you're on the sea and the skybox is is you know the the clouds are bleeding in and you know you're wondering whether that cloud forming on the edge of the screen is going to turn into a storm or you know you're you're looking at a sunset it's just all so beautiful i mean there's been hundreds and thousands of pictures put on put on twitter of people uh, screen capping this game because it's just there's, there's just so many moments of emergent beauty out on the sea and and i suppose darren you you've already touched generally on how kind of terrifying you found the sea but i assume you also found it pretty beautiful as well <laughs> oh yeah like if there's one thing you can count rare on you know 9 times out of 10 is that they're going to create an absolutely piece of art like yeah. most of their games you know Viva Piñata uh, the N64 they work wonders with you know Conquer Live and Reloaded all of their well not all of their games because PDZ doesn't look that great and Cameo doesn't look that great but <laughs> most of their games to me they push technical you know barriers and Sea of Thieves is no exception 
Well, yeah, I think the the smartest thing they did uh, in terms of the visual experience is, well, I guess it's it's right at home for them to do a, like a cartoonish sort of game the way they did. You know, they're not, they're not one for photorealism anyways, but uh, I guess it's right in their wheelhouse for them to do that. And then it plays to their advantage as well, because this is meant to be like a living game, a game of service, whatever you want to call it. So they, you know if things go well and maybe maybe these future updates that we'll talk about later uh you know extend the life of this game for me for me it certainly will but if they, if they really want to have a community for this thing a year or two three years from now uh they needed to ensure that it was going to look good the whole time and it's i think you know to do that you don't want photorealism you know call of duty looks gorgeous when it comes out and then two years later it already looks pretty aged and the new call of duty reaches a new height and every year that i mean that's how they do it and but you know then a game like this or a game like fortnite with its battle royale now catching fire the way it has like these games have the potential to last for so long if so if plenty else is, is working for it as it is with fortnite and as it you know for me it is and maybe could be for you too sam someday uh <laughs> but just at least they nailed the visuals i i think you know to 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 do it in that cartoonish style and it you know it's it's highly stylized even like the the shading of things you know mm. like uh i just saw i think it was one of the microsoft uh bigwigs tweeted out a picture of there's a sea of thieves canon like a real life like uh in-game model styled canon in the microsoft offices in redmond right now in one of their hallways mm. and uh it just when when you put those models in the real world it, it's just so stunning just something about the way I mean, I know, I don't know how to I know I don't know how to describe it, but I I I sense that you guys know what I mean. That it just it's not cell shaded, but it's there's like a texture to it, like the 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 ship. I mean, I mean everything really. The ship, your items, the treasure chest. There's there's like a certain like like that smoothness to it. It just I don't know. It just looks gorgeous. The color palette, like everything. The the art style of Grab by the Ghoulies was the philosophy of no straight edges. So everything in that game has everything's just angled at a different you know angle basically. So there's no straight edges in Ghoulies, and this has a similar art style in that nothing's nothing's just right angles, nothing's straight. It's all kind yeah. of wonky, a little bit off kilter, <laughs> and it all suits the cartoony nature of the game because like you know mm-hmm. you can cram yourself into a cannon and fire yourself out and you can cut this charge away across the ocean waves and like these things that's probably a glitch that they kept as a feature but still they've kept it in there (laughs) um but these things help the art style and the art style helps the the crazy silliness and yeah um i'm kind of glad that they they went for the more ghoulies art style rather than viva pinata but they all kind of they all kind of it's like a Venn diagram of rare games going on here. You can kind of see <laughs> things like the shovels in Sea of Thieves. If someone's playing in like inside you by accident, if you know what I mean, like you can see their spade floating in midair, and that reminds me of Viva Pinata because the spades look like spades. Yep. And then you look at the 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 candles in Sea of Thieves; they're exactly the same candles in Grab by the Ghoulies intro, and you you can understand like that they're playing to their strengths. And yeah, art is definitely one of their strengths. Yeah, and and I guess they also know that that there is a core kind of fan base that do follow them as well, and it is always going to be advan- It's going to be sort of resources wise, going to be an advantage to kind of draw on art styles that they're familiar with, but also like in terms of just immediately appealing to their fans, even subconsciously, just having mm. those those little triggers in there, being like <laughs> that looks like the 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 spade from Viva Pinata, or that looks like the candles from Ghoulies. It's mm-hmm. just 
it's making sure that core network of people who talk a lot about about their games and and spread that word of mouth that they're, they're already invested the first time they see a screenshot really So I know, Mark, you wanted to talk about the sound design a bit as well, and, and, and I do too, because it, it it's also very impressive and, and really lends, particularly on the ship, lends to that sense of uh, physicality and reality when you're when you're manually doing all those tasks that we've been talking about. Uh, and Mark, you were saying to me that the creaks and the clunks and the various kind of audio responses that you get on the ship were impressive to you as kind of a way of signposting what you were doing and and when you'd succeeded at stuff rather than the overlays of button prompts and and indicators that you might get in other games Uh, i didn't know if you wanted to expand on that at all yeah that it's it's sort of like in place of the true tutorial that that we don't get at the beginning of the game that we already discussed you kind of learn it much more subtly as you play like after a few hours you you've pretty much got all the the cues down you it's almost like pav like we feel i feel like pavlov's dog sometimes like when you're on top deck and you take you're taking on water you can hear that water rushing in you know you don't Mm -hmm. like you don't have to rush down and look for it every few minutes you know what's coming in or uh it's much you know the same way that xbox achievements or playstation trophies or whatever you want like those those metagame systems when when those pop and we get the the visual experience but there's that audio experience too and xbox and playstation have both been very smart to make that noise feel very satisfying for us and see if thieves does that when when we're digging for treasure and you hit that treasure and it makes that clunk noise when your shovel meets the chest it's just so satisfying and oh. <laughs> right i can i can just hear it we should insert it in this podcast later sam and that it's so good it's so <laughs> nice Yeah, it's, it's 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 very instructive. Or you know, when you're, if you, I haven't fallen overboard deliberately yet, thankfully, because that would be a frightening experience with the sharks. But uh, it, you know, if you did fall overboard, or if you've lost your ship, and you can hear that that faint singing that the mermaid makes to lead you, it's like mm-hmm. the fast travel back to your boat. You know, you can, you can hear that, and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. where where is he or she? And you go find them, and. Or, you know, especially with the, when you catch the wind just right, when you're sailing and you hear that whoosh, that, yeah. that's almost like, it's almost like another achievement or, or, or treasure found noise. Like it, they, they, they really know how to, you know, like I said, it's like Pavlov's dog. It, I start salivating at, the, at those sounds basically because they knew what they were doing there. And in place of a, that mm. tutorial that we don't get and like i said maybe would have been more beneficial i mean almost certainly would have been beneficial first for a certain type of player and unfortunately they don't get that but if they do stick around you know four or five six hours in hopefully by then they've they've sort of identified these cues and you can really just play off the audio like there's a lot of games games that aren't story focused i'll often like rocket league for example is my was my big go-to game for many years i mean it still is really uh but but there's no story there it's got great audio design but at this point hundreds of hours in i don't need the audio there so i i'll listen to podcasts while i play rocket league or i'll listen to music of my own um but sea of thieves i you know it's it's another story light game and 
you could do that, but you actually lose so much of the experience to do that because the audio mm-hmm. is crucial to this game, and it's, it's extremely helpful in that mm-hmm. way too. Yeah, I, I agree that the audio is as much as the you know part of the game as actually playing it is. It's, it's you know, the, someone turns the sails and you hear the clunk. You're like, oh, that sounds so good because I know something's going well, and also <laughs> it does sound good. They've done a really good job in making sure that the noises that you hear are really well done. Um, but also, I'd like to add the the rumble mechanic to the game actually helps me more than yeah. any other game that I've played. I think like turning the ship on a galleon, you get four little rumbles, and then you get like a, the golden post goes past. And if it does the strong rumble, you know that you're leveling out your ship. You know you're going to go straight ahead. And also, when you've got your compass out and you hold it right trigger, I didn't know this was a mechanic until like ten hours in. But you can do actual footsteps oh, yeah. on the island and actually do ten <laughs> paces and. Mm. You know, you can hear the footsteps, you can feel the rumble in your controller, and then you get the, oh, the I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it now, that, that noise of when you hit a chest is just <laughs> magic. And then you get the little sting after that, based on what chest you've got. And, you know, seafarers, you know, not so exciting. But when, when a captain's chest pops out of the ground and the light bounces off the red ruby on the top, it's like... Oh, like, oh yeah, I start panicking. Yeah. I need to go to an outpost quick. It's all going crazy, and then yeah, and you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, so many emotions, um, all based on what you're seeing and what you're hearing. It's it's so well done. Yeah, and I must admit, I I cause, again because I'd spent a lot of time sleeping uh, for my first few hours. The first time I got to the wheel on the galleon, I was really confused by where you, as you were saying, the handle situation, where obviously you've you've then got three separate. Uh, gold bars on on the galleon wheel as opposed to just the one which i was using as a visual clue to straighten up on the sloop but it was entirely the rumble that that helped me kind of get my facts straight on how that worked i i I toyed with it and i was like right i'm getting a little rumble there and i'm getting a big rumble here so right okay i get it now so it's actually it's got a three point turning uh turning circle on it so yeah i I hadn't really thought about that until you mentioned it but it's just another great example of kind of subliminal design where it's kind of it might even be kind of slightly subconscious but it's the kind of thing that you don't particularly rumble as well you don't see many people taking the time to 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 really play with that except maybe with the switch at the moment but but um even so this is it's it's a lot of effort that they've put in to to make everything work in the favor of making sure that the player feels completely immersed in the whole experience so it's uh it's been it's been quite amazing and 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 it's definitely been my highlight is is just the actual physical sailing of the ships but obviously in this game and as we've touched on you're not just sailing you're also headed somewhere so in sea of thieves you only really have one goal essentially if you're thinking about it in terms of what the game is giving you you've got one progression system which is to complete missions for one of three uh, factions in order to increase your reputation with each of them unlocking more complex and lucrative missions as you go you can hunt down treasure chests for the gold hoarders you can defeat the skeletons of pirate legends and trade their skulls with the order of souls or you can source and deliver livestock for the merchant alliance at the extreme end of that reputation progression you can eventually become a pirate legend but for the vast majority of the game or certainly the game that people have seen so far in the first month or so you're simply completing those fetch quests and getting more fetch quests as a reward and I think a lot of players have found that problematic I think I found it quite problematic particularly while I was playing in solo Um, and I don't really have a dedicated group of friends that I'm playing with all the time so so that did seem a little bit repetitive but I must admit that I may have made a mistake personally because I focused initially on the Order of Souls missions and the Merchant Alliance missions which uh, perhaps the 
the of the three, uh, those two are probably the least fun, I guess. Uh, certainly, the Merchant Alliance missions take. I, I don't think they're designed really for the beginner. I think you really need to be uh, enjoying the the tension and the thrill of the game a lot more to to get what you need out of those Merchant Alliance missions. Uh, I I know that you've both uh, spent a lot of time on the treasure hunts, uh, which which is obviously. A, mm-hmm. a core part of why people love this game um if they do love it and what what i'm just wondering what you guys think of the game's system of progression as it stands at the moment i mean presumably from what what you've you've both said it's enough to keep you wanting to play at the moment and for me not so much but um do do you think that for the launch of the game and for for what it launched with do you think that it was it was kind of enough um do you think it or do you think that perhaps something else may have been needed right at the start for for the game to just have a little bit more kind of meat hmm. to to the whole progression system in general hmm. <clears throat> um so you've got the the gold hoarders for the, the you know the chest digging missions you've got like you said the order of souls which is the you know destroying the skeletons missions and then you've got the um you know the animal fetch missions which and from left to right i think it goes you know from good to bad i, mm. I do think that the the animal fetching stuff is a chore it's an absolute chore um and i really do, i think they're poorly designed i'm not a fan of how long it takes to find an animal on the right island and you know the the snake, you know if if you ask to catch a snake, it just pops out of the basket and poisons you far too often. The pig needs feeding too often because when you catch a pig, it will start moaning that it needs feeding. And I just think here is where they've kind of got the game wrong in that. Whereas all the the jobs on the ship feel kind of well balanced, I feel like the animal stuff, you know, the merchant alliance stuff, just feels completely a, a waste of time. But also, <laughs> you're pushed for time. Not not only if you, does it take ages to find the animals you need and the right ones, and you know, if you're me, you might get the wrong one, and then you get back to the outpost and you realise because the game's so dark and you can't change the brightness settings, you picked up a red chicken instead of a black one. And, I wasn't going to mention I, that one, Darren. Don't worry, man. I've got many stories where I did wrong, and I'm happy to admit <laughs> it. But also, like this, this kind of flies in the face of what I said earlier about it being a great kind of hand, you know, handhold free game. But here it's like, no, like we were unlucky <laughs> because we had um, an idiot on board who, before he quit, just killed all our chickens for the fun of it. So. Um, if we didn't have that situation it would have popped up saying oh Darren's got the right chicken hooray but because we were in the situation where that wasn't going to happen according to the game we had already got the chicken so when I grabbed the wrong one it didn't tell us that it was the wrong one it's just like oh deal with it and you're like oh I'm really not a fan of these merchant ones and then if you encounter an enemy ship they can kill the livestock on your boat and it's just if if there were just animals everywhere, just carnage, it, you know, it, I could see that not being fun either because they're just, oh, they're there and there. And I can see why they say to you, you know, only certain islands have certain animals, but they don't really give you any information as to where to go. I have to use a, an external um, website on a, you know, on, on the browser, on the, on the laptop. It's called, it's the Rare Thief um, Interactive Map. And I go, right, okay, there's the chickens. Like with the gold digging stuff, they give you a map and they, they, they don't tell you where it is, but they give you enough clues to go, right, that's Lone Cove, for example. The animals, it's just like, yeah, get me some chickens. You're like, mm. you're going to tell me where they are? No. Okay, so I'm just... And you've only got 20 minutes to get them back. Yeah, well. you've, got, you've got four <laughs> in-game days and, you know, you could encounter an, any number of idiots. So good luck with that. And you're like, mm. 
no let's just not do that for now and then you know let's, let's hopefully they let's hope they change it or add something like they could add as a solo player the animal stuff is ridiculous just don't even bother because it's just boring just um mm. they, they could add a fishing mini game where you're on the pier and it says oh can you f- <laughs> fetch me up a salmon and then you know you, you hand it in and that's just another way of earning reputation with that on your own because you're not going to carry around four chicken coops on your own it's just not going to work and um I, I I checked my commendations because each faction has a commendation list where it's kind of, you know, you're filling up these bars, so to speak, to get more reputation. And it was like, number of gold haulers missions completed. I mean, I'm 92 now. Number of souls, you know, 39, for example. And then the mis- the animal ones are like four. I was like, oh yeah, I haven't really... <laughs> I've, I've accrued 25 levels worth of reputation purely by randomly picking up stuff like the spice boxes and the, and the boxes of tea and the boxes of, you know, this and that. And there are other ways of earning reputation, but if you're going for those commendations to earn the rep for the Merchant Alliance, good luck, because <laughs> I just don't know how you're ever going to stomach it unless you've got... Well, there's a, there's a way of exploiting the system right now in that you have a, a crew of four buying all the missions um, you know, on, from the Merchant Alliance, and then you, you get all the boxes and cancel all your missions, and then get all the boxes and cancel all your missions, and then you just go around until it says on the, on the, the list, it says, oh, the mission is now for that island over there that outpost over there so what you do you get all the animals you can and then hand them in when you do this <laughs> this this merchant type mission and it's kind of that's the way people have managed this awful mission type is to kind of exploit the system it's quite hard to explain but once you see it in action mm. you can go right i can see why they're doing this because doing it one by one is just a bore and yeah. you know the things for the order of souls as well like I like killing stuff in video games, you know, that's an obvious thing to say, but it's true. But I don't feel like the the combat's really up to snuff to warrant me killing thousands of skeletons, and it's only skeletons. Sure, you've got five different types of skeletons, that's kind of fun, I guess, but you can't pick up the ammo box. And when you've got three golden captains who require (laughs) bullets only, and all four of you have gone, well, we've spent all our 20 bullets... Let's run back to the ship. Oh, God, okay. Let's run back to the ship or randomly run around and find an ammo box. They, they need to have a movable ammo box and just put it on the floor and go, right, there it is there. Grab some ammo and shoot some skeletons because running back for five minutes and then back again for five minutes, I'm exaggerating a bit, but it feels like five, ten minutes. It's, it's hmm. just not fun. And sure, you can cannon your way back to where you were, but the chances of you actually getting back to where you were via a cannon shot is slim. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I've, I'm level 35 out of 50 in the Order of Souls, so it's not unbearable like the Merchant, where I'm only 25. Um, and I have specifically <laughs> gone out my way to do Order of Souls stuff, because, again, when I matchmake with pl- players I don't know, people like to kill stuff in video games, and, you know, skeletons are the, are the fodder here. But I do feel like the the three gun types are a bit, you know, they're a bit bland now, and they're, they're just more functional than you know, than an exciting thing to use. The, the cutlass is fine. You know, we're, we're, we're heading into combat here, but um, I kind of feel like they mm. go hand in hand. I feel like, the, you know, the moves and the, and the cutlass, they're, they're just serviceable enough for you to bear with it. Um, mm. Yeah, so that, that's why I focused mainly on the gold hoarding stuff because digging treasure and manually charting a map yourself and positioning yourself versus, you know, there's a rock there and there's a tree there on the map and I'm here that's 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 really fun to me and i do feel like they've put more effort into making that fun more so than the other two 
Yeah, for, for uh, you actually, Darren, you just said something that I, I was about to say, uh, and then you touched on it, which is like the the problem with the merchants is that you kind of have to like trick the system into working for you, and you know, for, for the players to have to do that, that that sort of reveals the, that that section of the game is is poorly designed, and it could it could more easily be fixed if you know they they obviously want those three mission types to exist as like three pillars, three different factions or guilds or whatever for whom you work and but if they could just i don't know maybe in a future update when they i don't know if they're going to add more guilds to work for or things like that but if they do such a thing and then maybe the merchants could almost be secondary because we really need to be able to do the merchant stuff uh like along the way as we're doing the 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 better stuff you know like i i I would love if you could activate you know if you had a couple merchant maps i mean you can kind of do this with those messages in a bottle but those are completely randomized as far as i can tell whenever you land up uh whenever you arrive upon them but if we could you know if we had it in our mind on the way to a treasure hunt that oh yeah and if we see these these animals there we'll grab those too that would work much better but because the game only lets you do one voyage at a time you kind of have to gamify it like you said so you, you you gather up all these crates for the missions that you will abruptly cancel thereafter and then you carry them around for for more opportune times and that that's just so revealing to me that that the merchants need fixing big time and then i thought the order of souls was like in my review i wrote that the game in some of the missions are actually too casual for too long i thought you know again with this game pass audience coming in and everyone's curious about it and it's going to be technically free for some people if they haven't used their trial and things like that like with so many new eyes looking on it you really need to i mean for for rare they really need to capture those people and then to give them a if they go and play order of souls missions and it says go here and, and and defeat these skeletons and it's the the first several order of souls missions are <laughs> legitimately boring like they're for for you know for the for if you're a destiny player and suddenly you hear about oh this is this new like sort of mmo type of game and you're coming over to check out sea of thieves like to go from something like oh i mean in, in maybe destiny's even too high of a bar to set but you know pretty much just any other combat shooting game <laughs> like it's it's not seems to be not rare's forte i actually don't have much experience with rare games but uh i thought they were just too casual for too long and and after a while you know you get more skeleton types and it gets more interesting and you have to you know, you can't let the the leafy ones get in the water, or else they regenerate their health. Or, but you, but you do want the gold ones in the water, so they rust and they're vulnerable. And and then there's the ones that are that are stronger at night, and you have to shine the light on them. And like, but it takes so long to get to that part. And that's, I guess, that's actually really across the board. I mean, even the treasure hunts get mm. the, tre- the treasure hunts. I think are pretty fun from the get go because I think playing X marks the spot is is instantly fun from day one with the game and then they they actually get better for me when later on they become um well i think they all become multiple chapters but with those ones you know you finish up a couple maps and it's like all right here's the new maps and and some of them might be riddles rather than x marks the spot types of things and i think those ones get much much better uh Mm -hmm. but the other two just just take too long to to get good to the level of the treasure hunts and like i said especially with the merchants like give us a give us a different pillar and let the merchant thing be like, you know, turn that into what, what we could call a side quest eventually. Cause you know, besides those in the forts, there's, there's really no other structured things. Everything else comes from our like player driven stories that we'll definitely touch on. I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, 
I don't I don't know if they have plans. I don't know the roadmap too well. I've I've I saw the video that they shared, and I forget if they said they're adding any other uh, factions to work for. But it'd be nice if None. no, no, uh, that's too bad. It, it would have been nice if uh, if the merchants could be demoted <laughs> to like a secondary activity. <laughs> yeah it's, it's a shame really that they're not all equally as good as each other um but hopefully they fix it you know and i um, further to the point of progression I, I wanted to mention you know it as for everything else being just cosmetic you know again that's a system that doesn't really work for a general audience i think only a minority per- percentage of players are going to be comfortable with that you know because players you know they want to see the xp go up and they want to see like their their damage per second go up and things like that. And, and Sea of Thieves was never intending to give players any of that. You know, there's total equality, total parity across the board. And But but you kind of see why they do that, because if this is going to be a game as service a year from now, when players like you and I and, and maybe Sam, if he comes around, <laughs> uh, you know, we could have we could just be overpowered in, in the face of these like new players that are just coming into it for the first time. So, you know, you can you can see why it has to be cosmetic only. I would just say to that end, there needs to be more cosmetics because oh, there yeah. actually aren't enough right now. And mm-hmm. it feels like, uh, you know, even even if I'm I and I think I am more comfortable with cosmetic only than most players, uh, but I'm not comfortable with the quantity and the in the variety of those cosmetics. You know, there's there's what like. I mean, you get certain items from each guild, but they, they hardly even look different, like, as you level those up. You know, like, the, the first shovel, shovel I get from the Gold Hoarders doesn't look that much different from the second shovel I get. And then if you go into the shops for new items, there's, like, what, like, four different groups. There's, like, the Sea Dogs and the Admirals, a couple others. And, you, I mean, it takes a while because everything's so costly, but there just needs to be more variety there i would like to mix and match some things right now i still just wear the dlc outfit that i get with mm-hmm. the controller because it seems to be so rare <laughs> yeah I saw, I saw you tweet that you still wear it as well Oh man like the, the feeling of like they so said the the cosmetic rewards only game is fine for me i'm not bothered by you know I, I like looting games i like getting plus two for my sword and you know being better than other players but here it doesn't bother me i like the level playing field and really the only you know the, the literal experience divide between players is the experience as the actual human playing it you know like i'm yeah. i'm 100 hours in so i'm 100 hours better than mr game pass who's just joined it but rather than <laughs> me like rather than that be an obvious divide in the game uh via matchmaking or you know or whatever like i can actually help that player out or i can totally destroy another player and that, that that's kind of that that's me earned that rather than the gun i've picked up has earned that and i like the fact that rare of you know zagged where everyone else is zigging everyone's going that way for loot and loot boxes and do this and do that and get better stuff and where i've gone nope it's all just it's all just gray underneath <laughs> like everything's just the same over here <laughs> like it, it, might, it might look nice on top but actually it's all just zero like it doesn't really matter I mean, that, that's fine i you know i like the fact that the light bounces off my golden compass and the criticism is it's a first person game so therefore the cosmetics don't count i i agree to a point because you can't see your costume unless you're waving or doing a gesture but when three people come running over and going how did you get that costume i actually felt kind of <laughs> yeah. smug i was like yeah i've got it i'm not going to tell you how i got it <laughs> and also when we we're going to talk about other people in a minute but when i got brigged for no reason and they come down to mock me i then in turn mocked them for having the to start out when i was in my ferryman outfit i was like yeah but mate look how i'm dressed versus how you're dressed and they weren't happy 
and like and because they were mocking me so much they they went out of bounds and i saw the water go red i was like oh so no one's piloting the ship so you're out of bounds so you definitely are new <laughs> and all these things all these tells from the cosmetic world of the game lent to a bit of well i would call them bullies because they were calling me stuff that you know it doesn't bother me now because i'm a 35 year old dad but <laughs> if i was a 12 year old and people come over to me and called me the words they called me i'd be quite offended but you know um anyway back to the cosmetics <laughs> I, I, I i like i like the fact that everyone's the same from a game point of view i like the fact that i'm actually better than some people because i'm better than them not not because my gun says i am um but also i can see why people want a loot driven game and yeah again it's a conflict of emotions because having put in over 100 hours i believe the game doesn't tell you because i mean for a game that's all about your journey it doesn't really tell you much about what you've done <laughs> which is a shame yeah. um yeah i'd i'd like to have something a bit more showy offy rather than a nice bit of cloth but you know that's the game they've built and i hope they they stick to it if they're gonna add a perk system everyone keeps going on about adding a perk system so you have like slightly faster dig rates and slightly faster reload rates i could see that working to a point um but it has to be very minor and you know then what's the point in having it it's i bet you that the meetings there at rare every week are like 10 times bigger than what we're talking now in terms of ideas i bet they're absolutely scratching their heads as to where to take this game and that's kind of why their video of the roadmap it was just vague enough for them to do what they want while hmm. also telling you vaguely what it is um so yeah the, the progression stuff it i was annoyed when i lost stuff before um, but now I'm playing it purely as a social experience, which is weird for me because I'm not really that social online um, in terms of multiplayer games because everyone's an idiot. But here I <laughs> seem to find myself fascinated by what people are wearing and what people are, how people are treating me by based on what I'm wearing. I've never had that in a game before. And sure, I paid for this controller and therefore the cosmetic item. Mm. But I'll go back to what I said earlier. When the players come rushing over to see what you've got wearing, you know, and what you're holding in your hand, <laughs> it feels special. It does. It feels special, and um, I can see why they've done it. <laughs> yeah, and and I think I think that's a perfect way to move on to the the meat of this game, really. Uh, certainly for the people that like it, and and probably where the divide comes from between people who like it and don't is is that this is a game that to me. It's all about the experience with other players, and I so far may have not had the best experience with other players. And we'll get onto that in a bit, but <laughs> certainly the times that I have enjoyed it the most has been uh, during the co-op. So the having a crew around you that are all working together to to man the ship. So I've had fun while playing with friends, but occasionally I've also had fun playing with uh, randoms. Even if we haven't got voice chat going, I actually think that the um, the communication that you can do through the pirate chat system is actually, it was really impressive to me. It kind of, it's such a, a, a sort of, I kind of, I guess, a little detail to focus on, but it, I was really impressed by how versatile that chat system was and how how much work they must have put in to make it simple enough to use so that, you know, there aren't thousands and thousands of different uh, text options that you can choose, but there's enough there that you can reasonably work together to defeat a kraken for example as i as i did with a crew that i wasn't speaking to on 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 voice chat or uh, or just you know getting from island to island there's there's enough going on in that text chat to 
to allow you to play the game how you want to play it because you know not every player wants to talk online and a lot of people aren't aren't uh, confident in that way and I particularly like the fact that depending on what you have in your hand at the time it changes contextually what is op- what your options are in your pirate chat so you know if you want to talk to someone about you know they need to turn west then you get your compass out and then you get the options to talk about directions or you know if you've got a banana if you're eating a banana because you've been uh you know you're low on health and you need to back out of the fight while you're eating the banana you can choose options like you know i need to heal so that while you're performing an action you can let people know why you're performing that action and i just think that it's it's such an elegant little design and 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 i really like that part of it and and that's been some of the most fun bits i've had in co-op actually i've been i've been trying to kind of decipher what people are getting at when they when they use these little text prompts um but yeah on the whole i think the game is definitely at its best when you've got a full crew and you're all getting along and um i, I was wondering whether you guys would agree with that um it's interesting when you put it that way i i guess i agree if if to i mean when you literally what you said was it, it's best in a four-person crew i'd I would just, you know, mention what I, I think I said before is that I've really, really enjoyed playing solo as well. It's it's a totally different experience, and yeah, certainly this game is designed for the crew experience. And if you're not going to speak via voice chat, then at least communicate via the extensive and, like you said, versatile uh, text options. But I don't, I don't know in which mode do do I like best because, uh, like, I'll, one of my favorite. We we're I was going to save this for stories, but I can touch on it here and just tell the story later uh, when we're really re- recounting our tales from the seas. But one of my favorite things to do in this game, and the the reason why I haven't leveled up much is because I get so distracted by. And I think I've told you this, Sam. Uh, I'll approach another ship, like I'll, I'll, and this is something I only do in solo for the most part. Although I have done it in galleons, and this is, but this is why I kind of feel like I like solo as much as four players or three, because I'll. I'll I'll take my sloop. I'll approach another ship, be it a, another sloop or a galleon. Doesn't matter to me. Sometimes the galleons are more fun, actually, for what I'm doing. But uh, you approach them, whether or not they see you. You kind of I, I try to jump off, board their ship without them knowing, and then I just and it, you know this is totally not like a game experience that will click for everyone. But for me, I must be a creepy voyeur or something. It's just really fun. I just uh, I board their ship and either I hang on their their the ladder on the side or if i can sneak up to their crow's nest i'll do that and then i just sit there and watch them <laughs> and I, I i don't let them know i'm there you know i remember one time darren in the beta said he he, he had done something similar instead of ringing the bell and drove the drove the the captain crazy below uh and they got into like a shooting battle from from that distance and but for me uh i often just sit there and then different things happen from there and i'll save the rest for a story later but and but that's something because that's something I adore so much, and because that's something I typically do in solo. I would say like so many of my fondest memories come from just slooping around on, alone, uh, either encountering other people in sloops. Because we didn't mention it when we talked about sailing solo before, but there's a there's like a certain understanding, and I I, I imagine you guys have seen this too, or maybe not you, Sam, because you've had terrible experiences much of the time. But for, <laughs> for me, when when I'm out on a sloop and I see another sloop, there's an there's like an unspoken agreement very often, certain almost always for me, where you know I'm not hostile to that to that person, they're not hostile to me, and we just kind of mm-hmm. ahoy as we pass each other, literally two ships in the night sometimes, you know, and uh, I I I. 
I love that part of it so much and just just doing things at my own pace that I, even as the game is so clearly designed for the cooperative experience I I've got to say I, I do really love the the, the solo experience May, maybe more or just about as much I would say at least yeah although I, I do think it's interesting that that you're still kind of talking not not necessarily cooperative but also not entirely competitive like you enjoy the interactions that are mainly friendly or at least you know neutral and i think that's that's also where where the game's strong as well is that that even not just within your crew but like between two different crews you can have these moments of sort of uh civil understanding or maybe just being slightly yeah. freaked out <laughs> by each other but not necessarily going straight in for the in for the throat you know it's it, it that does just make it kind of kind of special i think but um but yeah I, I was wondering darren like how how do you feel on that scale do you do you kind of prefer the the co-op experience when you get a full crew and you've got everyone working together is that is that sort of where the game really turns for you um i guess it depends on where i'm at in the day it's um mm. it's really weird playing a game that you can't pause when you've got a one slash two year old i, I don't play mm. it when she's awake anyway because that's unfair on her but also like like when of a night time that's when i generally go for a galleon because she's asleep and i can spend a few hours in on a galleon but in the morning when i've got my coffee and they're upstairs getting ready for the day i quickly nip, I nip on a sloop and then i do a few missions on my own so it's kind of all purely based on the vibe of the moment you know and i i i i, mm-hmm. I thought solo sleeping was really i thought it was a real chore at first and but i've learned to do smaller actions to help alleviate the pain of the the solo sleeping like so if you've got a x mark the x marks the spot um treasure map you kind of sail closer to there rather than run there because then you've got to run back with the chest and it all sounds really simple but over the time i've kind of curated a little method so i don't drop the anchor when i when i'm solo sleeping i i just sail up to the the the, the shore and just let the boat touch it and then it rocks back a bit and then it's parked there itself perfect i can run on dig for the treasure jump back on it gets a bit laborious when you've got four or five chests on one island, but you know that's kind of part parcel. I guess I'm just used to it now. Um, but I, I much prefer four people on a galleon who are talking and absolutely are pulling in the same direction. Um, it's just it's unlike anything else, and I, I've I've played it enough now to where I've added enough friends on through the game that have a similar mindset to me in that you want to play the game well. It's weird to say that, but there are people out there who just, for the first couple, four weeks maybe, there were people on there just being idiots, you know, and that's that's fine, you know, we're always going to get them, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not 12, I'm not here to spend time firing my gun into the air for the fun of it, you know, that that's not where I'm at at the moment, you know, like some kids are like, oh, let's just, let's just fire our cannons in the air for fun, so I indulged them for five minutes, they're on an opposite, you know, an opposing crew, I indulged them for the time, and we threw buckets of sick on each other and stuff, but overall that's not where i'm headed with this game i like to interact with people both on my crew and on opposing crews like uh in a neutral way and then you know you know and then in, in interact with them based on the moment so if i'm a sloop and i see another sloop like mark said just a friendly ahoy nine times out of ten have your cannon up nine times out of ten you'll just get a wave back and over the weeks I've noticed the the, the meta game, so to speak, it'd be more and more like this. Like, if you're in a sloop, there's an unwritten rule where you just don't mess with each other because time's precious. This game doesn't respect your time. Let's just get on with our stuff. If you see a galleon and you're on a sloop, um, the, the, you know, the, the kind of the, the new meta game here is, you know, steer clear of the galleon. 
um, basically. And if you're on a galleon, there's another galleon. It's just no holds barred. Let's just go mental and fight each other. It's kind of it's it's quite interesting to see how the experience has evolved naturally based on you know people playing the game and realizing we could lose a lot of money based on stupid actions. So let's not do that. Let's not fight them because if we're a sloop and there's a galleon, let's just not not go near it because time is precious. <laughs> and life is short and over the weeks like i say i've noticed very subtle social interactions based on the boat you're in yeah you're right mark definitely um i i like the pirate chat i think it's entirely serviceable and to, to a point so today i was playing with a crew um we had a chest of sorrows on the front and spawned in chest, chest of sorrows crying his eyes out you know filling your ship up with water based on you know uh, the the craziness going on around you and we got up to the outpost and I couldn't say to the player, you know, stop the boat now. I see a ship on the other side of the outpost. Be quiet. So I had to get on the microphone after a few interactions on the pirate chat. I got on the microphone and said, look, if we just stop here for a second, that sloop will go away. So, you know, obviously the microphone is good for detailed chat, but the pirate chat, the contextual stuff is absolutely serviceable if you haven't got it. And I think it's absolutely essential. They got that in there. I'd like more. I like it when I'm waving, doing the gesture. I'd like to have a goodbye um, text box or, you know, thanks for playing. I'd like a bit more flavour in there. It seems a bit serviceable, you know, which is fine. You know, if you've got a compass out, it gives you the compass directions. But, yeah, um, I'd like a, I'd like a little bit more based on what I've done. So, you know, if I'm heading up a crow's nest and I'm halfway up, I can then, from then, I could say I see a ship rather than getting you to the top of the crow's nest and then getting your spyglass out to say you see a ship. I'd like a bit more variety and what you can do but I, th I feel like some you know if this game was made by another team or another developer we probably wouldn't even have these pirate chat options so i'm really glad that they've stuck it mm. in there um you know I, I hate to make assumptions based on other developers but i do feel like rare truly have got the community at heart here and the pirate chat is definitely playing into the community's hands I mean, you've both made interesting points there about about how the games progress and how some of that communication, that dialogue in the meta game and and the the core community is 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 improved. And I think that is kind of probably partly the root of some of my frustrations because I think as the weeks have gone on, as you say, the the uh, etiquette might have improved, but my mm -hmm. game time has reduced at the same rate because mm -hmm. I had such a really poor experience at the beginning that i haven't really been able to muster up the enthusiasm to to log in and i think even by you know you you both know how it was at the beginning of the game and and there was a lot of there was a lot of griefing there was a lot of uh you know pe i hate to say casuals but you know people trying it out casually who weren't necessarily trying to engage properly with what the game was setting out and but ne i don't think either of you had quite as much trouble as i did getting any kind of positive experience with others and and that that really colored mm. things for me um i didn't have uh, and until i i played briefly uh online with you mark and, and one other um uh nexus grunt from from the newtown team on ta we had a, we had a good session just the two of us as well and then i had a had a session with darren and, and suits from the suits is a, another cane and rinse forum uh member another fan of the podcast mm -hmm. um that we had a uh we had a good session the other day but apart from that when I'm actually trying to play with people I really don't know from Adam, 
I've only had bad experiences. I, I, I mean that I don't haven't had a single good one. Um, I mean, mm. I spent hours trying to find sessions where the crew even wanted to talk, even wow. with the pirate chat, uh, rather than just jump off the ship randomly or just not do anything. I spent hours sitting in, in the brig having cartoon vomit thrown in my face because apparently I've taken someone's slot from you know, from a friend that wasn't <laughs> you know, joined the session quick enough, so mm. I've ended up in their crew. Um, but they don't say that to me. They lock me in the brig and they throw vomit in my face for, you know, 35 <laughs> minutes. And I stubbornly say, well, I'm not going anywhere because, <laughs> you know, you're, you're being idiots. Um, and then eventually, I guess, because they're PC players and they've, I think that's when you get the uh, customized text options. Someone typed in, can you leave, please? Because someone else is trying to join. I was like, you try to communicate that to me through vomit for half an hour. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty bad. Um, but, and obviously for a lot of people, it's like, well, okay, but that's that one time. But no, that happened to me six or seven times over the course of a week. And mm. when we were also talking about earlier about um, the amount of effort you have to put into some of these missions and, and particularly the missions that I'd started with, with Order of Souls and Merchant Alliance, when you have to dedicate quite a lot of time and effort to to making the most of those and actually finishing them to uh, to spend a lot of my very small amount of game time just trying to even get into a session where I can even start to think about doing something like that it really dragged my opinion of the game down very quickly and it's unfortunate because if I'd started the game maybe a little bit later when things had started to sort of settle down a bit um, I might have had a bit more enthusiasm to get involved and it sounds like you know it sounds like if I give it a bit more of the benefit of the doubt over the next few weeks, especially with some of the content drops coming up, maybe I'll start to find that um, that pleasant experience with other players. But it, first impressions really do count. And I think that's where a lot of the uh, the, the backlash has come from, because it, it, it does matter if you've got an idea in your head of how this might go. I mean, I have low level anxiety when I go into a game at the moment because I think who's this going to be what are they going to be like they're probably going to be awful because that's my experience <laughs> so far um you know that's not a way you want to get into a, a piece of entertainment you know it's, it, when you've got hundreds of other games in your backlog that you can just go okay well I'm going to go in there even other online multiplayer games you know if you're going to go in there and you're going to think okay everyone knows exactly what this game is about everyone's got the same kind of end goal it could be competitive it could be not but you're still getting the the the, you're getting the experience that you're you're expecting to get, whereas I guess from the start, from Sea of Thieves, I've always been struggling to understand what this experience is supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be enjoying about it because so much mm. of it has been unenjoyable. So it's been incredibly unfortunate, and I think I have just got some kind of Sea of Thieves curse. But um, but <laughs> it's 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 interesting i still i'm still on the fence about it and i think that's that's hopefully a good thing because hopefully i'll, I'll stick it out for a bit longer but um but i think the, the obviously the other major part of um of the multiplayer in this game other than the the cooperative side of things is is the actual player versus player stuff so so the the ship to ship combat and the uh uh well i mean clues in the title it's a it's it's a sea of thieves a part of the game other than just going and completing the missions is to steal 
the loot from those missions off of other players rather than doing the missions yourself, which is uh, obviously a very tempting thing to do. It's very piratey, um, but sometimes it can lead to the less savoury experiences I've had. But just focusing first on the actual mechanics of those ship-to-ship battles, you know, uh, getting locked in with another galleon and and shooting off the cannons and and trying to land on the other ship and take (laughs) them out with your swords... How have you guys... I'm going to leave this one to you guys because honestly I've had so much trouble getting to that point that I've really not had much experience with ship-to-ship battles. So um, we'll start with Mark. How, how have you found the kind of the ship combat when you do get into into those scrapes? It might be surprising that I haven't actually done it often. Um, hmm. When I've played in cruise... You're playing the same game as us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've, you've had like the most chilled out hippie Sea of Ease experience I've ever heard. This is great. <laughs> you've got some sort of test server that you're running on. <laughs> all the nice people play on there because i have had no end of pvp battles and yeah and but, yeah that's come at me and stuff that went yeah so, i mean sam's told me his stories that he was been so often griefed and it hasn't i mean it's happened to me sometimes but um i th- i think the griefing point is a little bit different than the than the like deliberate ship battles and, and like those i i haven't mm-hmm. had that often um I, sorry, I'm just thinking about how it, it, it's so funny that my mine and and Sam's experiences have just been so polar opposite. We've we've been discussing this mm. for the past several weeks now that you know I'll, we uh, we have like a Discord chat where we discuss the podcast and I'll come in there with with tales of of you know happy happy stories and oh I I made a, another you know I met another cool person on on Sea of Thieves and and which for me is very rare. I I don't play a lot of multiplayer and. Uh, you know, I usually have some social anxieties doing that anyway, so I often don't play with a mic. And this game has totally changed that for me in that way. Um, oh, sorry, I, I should stick to the ship battles though. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I just I I haven't had them much. I can't speak on them too much. I mean, I I think the the cannons work well. I've I actually did get the achievement to land on another person's ship, although that I kind of that wasn't during a ship battle. That was because uh, this guy seemed to go AFK, so I just shot myself over to his while he was docked so, so i kind of gamed that one nice. but <laughs> yeah that, that was a tough one but uh yeah i'm I'm surprised you know I, I knew sam had the worst luck of any player out of the well there's i think there's forty thousand on ta you know millions more across the whole xbox landscape i, I think sam's probably had the worst luck of any of us <laughs> but uh i'm surprised <laughs> to hear they're they're so frequent for you as well maybe you know, like I said, maybe it's because I go on a sloop a lot, and the few times I've encountered galleons, yes, they have sunk me, and I don't really stand a chance against them. But then I, I have like my own retaliation thing that I do that I'll get onto. Like I said, uh, I already teased it a little bit. I'll get onto more in the, the storytelling section if we have any stories to share uh, specifically. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the you know sloops don't typically go after each other. So when, I, of my fifty hours, I probably spent. 30 slooping and you know so those have been mostly conflict free for as far as pvp goes and then the other 20 um yeah oftentimes we just don't go to to battle at sea we you know we do forts and the 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 one i think i've only done a few forts um and only and and barely ever have we even encountered other other ships you know because i hear those horror stories too where you're trying to complete this fort and suddenly you've got another team on you looking to mess it up and steal from you and that i'm sure if if that happened to me too often i would i would be 
in the gutters emotionally about this game with, right along with Sam, but uh, it's just, it just hasn't been my experience. That was one of the tough things when I was reviewing this game. You know, I could see the mm. progression loop was, was going to turn people away. Some of the PVP griefing was going to turn people away, but I could only like pretend to put myself in those shoes because my actual experience hasn't been that like almost ever. I would say 90% of the time it's been enjoyable and worthwhile. <laughs> and when it has gone wrong, I, I've recovered from it pretty quickly enough. You know, I, if it was all bad, like it has mostly been all bad for Sam, I, I'm sure that's, you know, you can't really recover from that so easily. But for me, hmm. it's, 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 it just hasn't been that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, I found, I found many positives to have, um, to be had with other players. Um, I've made some really like good Sea of Thieves friends, but the first time I played on my own and I had a five chest, um, sloop on my own. And I, I, I was running back with the fifth chest, and I saw, I saw two ships, and my oh. heart sank so much, <laughs> like, and I just went, oh no, and I, I, my, I couldn't believe it because there was two guys hopping around on my sloop, just cracking up laughing, and I just thought, that took me an hour, like I've lost all of that time, to, to, to what? Just the two idiots, and this game makes me swear at other people. I'm I'm quite a nice guy in real life. I'm really quite shy. I'm quite coy, and I keep myself to myself. But this game just brings out some animal, a nightmare inside <laughs> me to the point where I had to unclip my microphone so that I don't swear at other people. Like I I, I use the worst words, and I'll be honest, I regret it immediately. And I send him a message saying I'm really sorry I said that on the microphone, but you know. You stole my stuff, and I'm angry about it. And people are quite cool. They they reply back saying, "Don't worry, it's pirate chat." They, they say it's, it's the language of the pirates. I'm like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> but when I turned around and I saw that other sloop, and I was like, "That's not mine." Oh no, they're going to take my stuff. I soon learned that as soon as I've got any tinge, little tension in my body, I'll go back to the outpost because I'd rather cash in two chests than lose five. So if I'm playing on my own, cash in often, little and often is my experience with sleeping. <laughs> um, but then on a galleon, I joined a crew. It all was going well. We had 10 chests, a few skulls, a few boxes of tea and sugar and spices. And I said, oh, let's go to the outpost. We've got quite a bit on us. No, someone said. I said, oh. I put the microphone on. I said, look, we've got quite a bit. The outpost is just there. Two free clicks that way. I don't know what a click is. I'm just saying it because it sounds cool. <laughs> click that way. Let's go over there and we're going to cash in and we'll carry on. No, he said. He went up to the crow's nest grabbed the barrel, took it underneath the, into the hull, popped the ship and sunk us in one hit. And I was like, why, why did you do that? Like what? That, that was an hour and a half gone. And like, what have you done that for? It's ridiculous. Like there's no need for that. And again, the, the swear words come out that I'm not normally <laughs> fond of using. And I just thought you've just totally just ruined my evening. So then to, to counteract this nightmare of social interaction, I go on a sloop, do a few things myself, bring myself back up to a nicer, healthier space, um, you know, uh, mentally. Because that game, the, the game really is bad for my health at times, um, mentally, because <laughs> I just can't stand some of the interactions. But then lately, because I've curated a friends list over time where I can go on to a friends list and go, right, so so and so's in New York. I know he's gonna play at my time at eleven o'clock. He wakes up early because he goes. He plays before he goes to university or college or whatever. I've I've got a nice little friends list going on now where I jump in and go. It reminds me of the three sixty days actually, where someone oh Desmond's on there. Let's play because he knows that 
I used to work for Rare because I, I drop it in the conversation every now and again. He's, oh yeah, he, he can play with us. He's good. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He's you know. He's, and I was like, okay, cool. But um, yeah, uh, but the the constant battle at forts, the Skelly forts, I can't get angry with that because that is that is a clear signal of this is where you fight. Like the skeleton in the the skull mm. in the sky, it flashes green and red when it's being attacked. Like that is a clear indication of fight here. And if I lose mm. the skelly fort, that that's that's just part of the game. And that's where I give that game credit in the PvP aspect. The actual cannon shooting and, you know, taking on another ship is absolutely exhilarating and I'm pretty good at it now. Like most people aim for just the ship, whereas I tell the crew to aim at the bottom of the ship for obvious reasons. But in the thrill mm. of the moment, you kind of forget that you have to aim at specific points on the boat to sink it quicker. And then you've got one guy who will have a gunpowder barrel who will kind of swim out ahead of, you know, the, of the gun battle. So then he lurks in the sea and he climbs on board with a gunpowder barrel and takes down part of the ship from the inside and a big explosion happens. And then you hear the other crew going, oh no, you know, what's going on? It's just, there's, <laughs> there's so many great moments, but then there's also so many sour moments for me that it really, <laughs> like, like Sam, it really doesn't, this game doesn't help the you know the the person who has you know I, I think we've all got social anxieties to a point um you know especially <laughs> online like i do feel like you know i grew up during the half-life days and counter-strike days and i know that people can be absolutely nightmarish on on you know behind a keyboard or a controller and uh, i get it um but yeah um i've kind of lost my train of thought here but there are so <laughs> there are so many there are so many positives to take away from the pvp stuff but also to counteract that there are so many negatives and if you get caught in a wave of negatives which is the game is so the game allows that to happen so easily that you're just going to end up in a cycle of hate and i can see why sam doesn't like it i can see why yeah. i can see why people i listen to another um i listen to the computer game show featuring <laughs> those yeah. group of idiots and they were slagging this game off something <laughs> proper but i kind of agreed with them i was like yeah yeah okay yeah you lost your chest and i get it like i understand that you spent an hour getting a chest and someone took it away from you i get it i absolutely get it but there are some points in this game where i think no that's that's the game and there are other points in the game where for example where that guy blew up my our own ship that's not part of the game that's just you being a complete muppet and just leave it out so you know um where am i at mentally with the game in terms of my enjoyment um socially very much enjoying it um but that's partly because i brute forced my way the, through the early hours of interacting with muppets and idiots to a point where i've got a nice crew that i can rely on and that's not going to happen for everyone um which is a shame yeah because the game could really do with a bit more hand holding in a social aspect hmm. i i think it's uh you almost said it exactly as i put it in my review it's a it's got a very low floor like it's kind of a sports term i don't know if but i'm sure it translates but i don't know uh, sports <laughs> <laughs> well it's you know they they say like a player like the nfl draft was the other day so like college players coming in they have a low floor high ceiling it means there's there's a great variance there they they could be really really bad or they it, it could be they could be really really great you know mm -hmm. and, and sea of thieves is kind of like that and the pvp experience is sort of representative of the whole as well you know it, i think sam has seen a lot of that low floor he's seen how how low the floor can go <laughs> and i've seen how high the ceiling can go and we've both seen those things respectively uh 
at a disproportionate rate, I think. And I, I'm, I'm getting the sense that your experience is probably the most accurate where you've seen a, a good mix of everything, but you've also played so much that you've allowed yourself to, to get there. And for certain players, you yeah. know, like Sam, if he's put in 20 hours and 16 and a half of them have been horrid, he, I'm sure he's not alone. Whereas I put in 50 and, you know, 40 of them have been, have been excellent and memorable. Uh, I, I think we're, I think Sam and I are both operating on a sort of, uh, uh, a disingenuous uh, path, basically. Mm-hmm. We we haven't seen the the true Sea of Thieves, right? I'm getting the sense that you probably have seen the the truest version of this game, having seen its its highest highs and its lowest lows oh. about equally, maybe. <laughs> oh man! Like yesterday, I was playing with my um my new regular crew. Um, they they're on the Isle of Wight and they play regularly, and they're just uh, they're so enthusiastic, right? Anything that goes wrong, they just crack up laughing, and anything that goes <laughs> right, they crack up laughing. So. We're at an island. I'm going to tell you a little tale now. We're at an island, uh, Cannon Cove or Lone Cove, one of the coves, like Crook's Hollow, the ones that all look similar, but Crook's Hollow. Mm-hmm. And we're at the back and we see a sloop and we're like, you know, we've got a mission here. So is this sloop. Let's see what happens. And I see the enemy pirate come bundling out of a bush with like five skeletons chasing him and he's like flailing around. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm just going to leave him alone. He starts shooting at me. So what do I, I can only retaliate in the same way. He kills me. I think, oh, fair enough. All right. Because I was low on health. Didn't have a banana. Wasn't ready for this interaction. <laughs> Respawn, go back to where he was. And he was still there. But he dropped the chest of sorrows in between two rocks. And I only caught it out the corner of my eye. And I thought, oh, there's something red over there. It's a barrel. Oh, it's a chest of sorrows. The first one I've ever seen. My heart racing immediately. I'm like, I've never seen one of these before. This is a lot of money. <laughs> Need to get back on the ship. And everyone starts panicking. Oh, quick, get the boat out. Get the boat out. So this guy's running around on, on the shore still. I think I ended up taking him down. And then we turn around and this giant galleon flies past us. Like, how have none of us seen this massive green and black galleon fly past us? Firing the cannonballs like nothing else. I took the executive decision to swing the boat around, go straight to the outpost and let those two fight it out on their own. Oh man, like just, just <laughs> it happened in such a short space of time. Mm. Um, but it felt like, uh, it really felt like I was in the thick of some major war. It was, well, I hate to say that because I haven't been in a war, but like it really <laughs> felt like such a rush of adrenaline that we, you know, we, we were just casually finding a chest and then we bumped into this player. He took the first shot. You know, I, again, I'm not going to repeat the story, but we ended up on a massive kind of hour-long chase from this galleon behind us. Mm. We because they wanted the chest of sorrows back. The sloop wanted this chest of sorrows back. The galleon knew we had loads of stuff because we we were giving them a lot of um, verbally some nice flavor verbally yeah there's some, some words that sound like that yeah we were like hey, we're better than you yeah so they were giving us you know stick back and chasing us and they knew we had a lot of stuff i think the sloop went down so we went to go and check out their little lot um he had some stuff on his ship actually which was quite handy so we picked up his stuff we, we didn't take him down but we took it anyway and then the galleon disappeared and honestly like he, the, the thrill of the the chase in that game is just mm. absolutely something unique and those moments of adrenaline and the the chest popping when you dig it and stuff like that those those moments are why i keep on playing because i haven't i imagine people have experienced that in games like rust and daisy and Mm -hmm. other games like that i've never played those games really apart from daisy once when i was in a lighthouse and someone you know did a similar thing but instead of a chest it was a gun and uh you know i could could see (laughs) i could see the magic um but here because it's so um cartoony in a way to a point that it's accessible for me like yeah. those moments are why i keep coming back and it's kind of the first time i've been kind of addicted to a game in a while 
Mm. And people people have asked me, am I playing just because it's a rare game? Yeah, you know, when your favourite band releases um, a 7 out of 10 album, you're still going to like it a lot because it's a good album, you mm. know? Like, there's the, <laughs> there's the magic in there. But also there's, there's a few tracks that are rubbish. Like Prodigy, always outnumbered, never outgunned, for example. Um, <laughs> sorry, but whenever I talk about games I like, I always bring up the Prodigy because they're... they're the the similar similar <laughs> feelings that you know rare prodigy you know anyway like u- ukulele you know you uke- ukulele like i said on another podcast ukulele is like when gene simmons from the kiss covered firestar it's the same song but it's just rubbish <laughs> anyway um deviating from the thing here um yeah i, I don't know where i am now much like cfe we've, we've we've um I've, I've deviated from the mission and i have no idea where i am <laughs> but the the PvP is why I like playing CFE. <laughs> Luckily, I've got an eye on the compass, so it's okay. Um, I've got some uh, I've got some feedback from from our community members, which kind of sums up the the good and the bad side, really, uh, and and certainly. Uh, yeah, it kind of mirrors everything we've been saying. This is from the last Ninja seventy three. He said. Uh, I first played this with my brother and son on Friday and we had a lot of fun, although we didn't really know what we were doing at first. Once we managed to work out the basics, we encountered our first enemy crew and had a fantastic battle. We came off worse, but it was a frenetic fight as we tried to combine shooting cannibals, fixing holes and emptying water over the side. We encountered the same crew three more times and they beat us every time, but it was always intense and hugely entertaining. Then I tried to have a go solo and the experience was very different. I spent a lot of lonely minutes sailing from island to island, completing quests and slowly levelling up. It became tedious returning to the outpost after every quest, so I tried to do three in one go. I had completed all three missions and was carrying around ten skulls, along with a few chests I'd found on the way. On my return to the outpost, I spied an enemy ship following me, so I sailed past the outpost and aimed for the next, hoping the enemy ship would get bored. Unfortunately not and the two crew on board eventually caught up with me. Although this made for a tense few minutes, I was unable to prevent them from overwhelming me and sinking my ship, with all my hard-earned loot on board. After nearly two hours, I'd lost everything, with literally nothing to show for my efforts. Whilst I appreciate this is the kind of the point of the game, it feels discouragingly harsh. It certainly put off wanting to play as a solo pirate again. Mm-hmm. And I suppose just to, to wrap this, this, this section up, uh, I'll start with Darren. Do you, is there any way that you think Rare could combat that feeling at all or yes. is it just something yes. that we're gonna have to... okay good you've got ideas that's good yes. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got so many ideas for this game and how they can improve the the experience for both co-op and solo player but the, something so simple with sea of thieves in my head is when you when you get the voyage complete message on your screen add some reputation just add a bit of reputation just just a little bit just go right you've, you've completed the voyage you get some reputation for that 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 you know merchant or the gold hoarders or the order of souls you know whatever just just give it to them then don't give it to them when they go back to hand in the stuff just mm. give them a little kind of 10 percent. tick the box you've done that have a 10 percent reputation build and if you hand in the other stuff brilliant um you know because there's just there's there's no reason not to do that in my head because mm. the game's acknowledged that you've completed the voyage you've done the hard work um it just you know but then to, the only way you can get the reputation is to hand the stuff back in that's, you know, miles away. Mm. It's just unfair. The, the game needs to... I mean, the longer I play, the more I'm digging into the commendation side. So when you complete the voyage, you get plus one to your, you know, one out of 50 commend, um, voyages completed commendation, which is great. And, I, I, you know, I see those numbers filling up and I'm focusing on them more so than not now because I kind of have to because mm. that is kind of, 
you know, a literal reward in a way. But the game doesn't tell you that they're there. You have to find them by yourself. But if I could, in those early days, early days of Sea of Thieves, it's only been out a month, but in those early hours, <laughs> if I could have seen a little tiny sliver of reputation go up based on Voyage Complete, I would have been a happier player, definitely. Because mm. there's no need for two hours of gameplay to be washed in the ocean you know because two people chased you down quicker than you could escape them and i get that that's what piracy was but when the game leans on a comical nature i feel like in terms of its aesthetic sorry i feel like the gameplay doesn't quite match up to that aesthetic so like the the gameplay harshness of losing all that stuff which that player did and i I get i feel your pain doesn't match up to the light-hearted colorful nature of the game the games are twelve plus, and I've I've worked in enough um, indie game stores to know that people don't pay attention to that stuff, but I do. So if a game's twelve plus, and and if I was twelve and I'd lost, you know, all that stuff, you know, I I wouldn't have come back to I wouldn't have come back to it. I, I'd have felt like it was a waste of time, mm. and you know, a not very rewarding experience because there's no one to laugh with when you're on your own. It's kind of like, oh yeah, haha, I lost all my stuff on my own. Brilliant. And like you said, Sam, there's a, there's a million other games to play at the moment. Mm. Why why would I turn on Sea of Thieves again after that experience? So, yeah, Voyage Complete, reputation increased. <laughs> That's just a quick and easy fix. And and Mark, do you, do you have any kind of sort of quick and easy fixes that us that all know how to really make a game because we've all, we're all super developers that really know how to make something on this scale? Hey, man, I know how to make games. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> do you have any tips for uh for rare <laughs> i didn't i didn't think too much on uh on how to fix that feeling of emptiness because again i know it's weird but it hasn't happened to me much i, I think i'm just an extremely sure. cautious uh pirate i'll i'll i won't <laughs> i won't delay you know i haven't got the 20 20 chests and one crew on your ship at one time or whatever achievement uh because I, I really don't delay. I'll, I'll make several pit stops if I have to, so I don't lose out on those things. Um, and then, like I said, so so often in my time, I'm, I'm going off mission, just aimlessly doing this other thing that I like to do, that I've now alluded to three times, and soon maybe I'll actually tell the story. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I th- my fixes that I, that I would like to see are actually more, well, certainly more enemy variety, but they said that's coming, I believe. Um but really, I wanted I want more secrets in the game. You know, mm. I, people have people have joked about, oh, this game is it's No Man's Sea. It's like No Man's Sky in the sea. Very clever. But uh, you know, it's I haven't played No Man's Sky, but I think this was a similar problem for that game, which was there wasn't as much to surprise you as as you were hoping for. You know, so I like the messages in the bottles, and I like you know scanning, you know, searching around islands after we've got what we're there for to find more items you know we, you can find we might be at an island to dig on the x and we find the treasure but then you keep looking and you find some other items too those are nice little surprises i, I like those but i want things that that are both rarer and and more varied basically i want mm-hmm. there there needs to be more secrets to the world that in and you know in and i think if or hopefully when they do this they they might just literally sneak them in and just allow us to find them. They they probably won't advertise them. I worry that they will advertise them too much because they feel like they need to catch up and get their reputation back on track. I remember, Sam, you said that you were 
you were suspicious that the Kraken uh, spawn rate in the early days was was like bolstered way up so everyone could could get a, a taste of that mm. experience because it's you had said that it seemed like everyone you had spoken to had already faced the Kraken after like four or five days and it, it should be mm. rarer than that and yeah I'm, I'm i'm not sure if that conspiracy theory has any concrete evidence but i i you know i could see it being true so i and i don't want them to do that something like that again i want i want more secrets in this game um so whether you're playing solo or in a, a crew or whatever like you can happen upon things that are unexpected and they're fun and mm. you know those first the first times you find them they're they're brand new and you didn't even know they existed um like like the banana crates that I've yet to find, <laughs> but those aren't those aren't exciting either. I uh, I I want those, but more exciting. You know, it was cool the first time I found the crate of exquisite spices, and I had no idea what that was, so I just brought it back and looked for who would buy it off me. It turns out it's the merchants. <laughs> but I want I want something more. You know, I want something more interactive, not just not just a, a a new box I didn't know I could pick up. I want I don't know more more elaborate. Well, some of the islands are more elaborate than they let on, which I really like, but. I just want more of that. I want more discovery available for me. Mm. Yeah, I've also got another idea, just to throw it out here, but another, <laughs> another idea for game design to help the player not lose their mind as well as their loot. Um, Wind Waker had a little guy called Beetle, and he used to he used to float around the waters on a little boat, like a little kind of little mm. long boat it looked like. And he, he was a merchant, you know, and he, he had his own little unique items in the store, and you could say hello to him and buy his stuff. I, in Sea of Thieves, if you had randomly dotted kind of... I, I know a, a ship in the game equates to a player, but if they had a different kind of vessel or something a bit more, you know, like a raft, for example, or something... I, I don't know 100% what I'm talking about. But if you had someone on a thing that says, I work for the Gold Hoarders, and if you hand in this chest here, I can give you 50% of what you would normally get. But it's closer, and it's now, and, you know... it. Something like that could help alleviate some of the stress of the game because the game is very stressful. And, um, you know, again, I'm talking out of my hat. Does that break the game? Probably. There's probably some major exploit there. But just some little mm-hmm. ideas of just like, you know, but a lot of people in games say, oh, maybe, maybe we could buy, um, one day we could buy a safe for our ship and then have to blow it open. Like, yeah, cool. That sounds pretty mm. good. You know, like I kind of like that idea. And that's the kind of the fun thing about this game is that a lot of people in game have got ideas. And of course, they don't all make it into a game because that's mental. But um, people are people are excited for the future of this game. Whether it's this game's missing this, but here's my idea to fix it. You know, there's a lot of again, like someone has told me that if you go to the middle point of the um, the map and you have five bananas and you swim directly down to the bottom of the sea as best you can and eat all the bananas to get the maximum oxygen, you can see Davy Jones's locker down there or something like that. I like the fact that. There are tales. Wait, that's and real. I haven't seen it myself, but someone said it to me, huh. and um, I haven't spent the time <laughs> to do it. But the fact that someone said it in the game, and he probably heard it from another player who heard it from another player, things like mm. that, and ideas that they come up with, and like just little things that I'm picking up from other players, is that people really want uh, a more fleshed out experience. And had I know I sound like a defense force right now, but if they were all in there from day one, I think the game would have been more confusing. So the simplicity kind of worked in its favour in terms of all the things that we want to make the game easier. But you know, it's uh, how do you how do you really balance a game like this? Especially, my theory is this game came out March twentieth, end of fiscal, wasn't ready. Like the game wasn't ready to come out, but Microsoft needed it to come mm. out for money reasons because it's business. 
Um, yeah. Well, I could talk about this game forever and maybe in a year's time we'll do it again. But, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I too had thought of the, uh, the, the fiscal year conspiracy theory because uh, I think by now we're all pretty sure that's what happened to Mass Effect Andromeda. And that was mm-hmm. the same time a year ago. Um, it's... It seems to be true, and you know, in that way, like I when I reviewed this game, I gave it a we do five star scale. I gave it a four out of five, and it it, it kind of feels like you know there, there's a recurring joke on one of my favorite comedies, Arrested Development, where someone does something and they they kind of get away with it when they really shouldn't have, and and they say out loud, "Well, that was a freebie." I kind of feel like <laughs> rare if you know if if for some reason they they read that review or they they saw the score. They'd be like, well, that was a freebie, basically, because it did, it does get, mm-hmm. you know, I can see that it came out lesser than where many people want it to be and probably where even Rare wanted it to be. Like we said, maybe Microsoft needed it to happen then. Uh, and then thus, you know, my, my praiseworthy or my praising review rather is, uh, is it, it was the freebie for Rare, basically. To, <laughs> and I mean, I wasn't the only one. There were a few others, a couple even higher than mine. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I just couldn't shake the fact that, you know, despite seeing its problems, I, I loved what it was. And I mean, it still is that now, but soon it's going to change. And I, th- I think mm-hmm. when it does, that's going to be more to something I already enjoy quite a bit. Whereas uh, that's probably the minority view. I would imagine most people think it'll be necessary fixes to get something to where it should have been all along. When they add this hunger in deep thing, they said it's an enemy AI threat. Hopefully that will help other aspects of the game become less stressful because everyone's over there now do you know what i mean when world of warcraft had an expansion and people were trying to do certain things in the vanilla world mm. when it, when an expansion came out you suddenly had all this free room to play around in and this this is giving me similar vibes and when they release this content drop and everyone starts heading north to the hunger in deep that the skelly fort in the south will be easier to grab and the the you know all the other bits and bobs in the game here that people are finding stressful now it'll be an easier ride and the more they add in the more diversity there is you know the 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 better game experience should be in my opinion and um well in, not in my opinion in my theory and uh yeah <laughs> yes yeah, it's, it's but I just, I just hope they deliver on what they've promised you know um yeah good luck to them <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so I, I had a little look at the, the latest um, 
the latest developer update this morning with the Hungry Deep and, and everything else. And I guess this is almost a PSA for the people who've been following along this month and, and have found problems with the game. Uh, that There is quite a lot of... Uh, change in content coming up this hungering deep that the darren's just mentioned is yeah it's a it's a new ai threat which we don't really know what that means it, it might it, presumably it might be something kraken like but um when they were talking on the on the update they said specifically that they were looking to make it an enemy that would encourage separate crews to work together and that mm-hmm. really stood out to me in their in their update because obviously in my experience if i see another crew they're going to kill me they're going to throw up on me they're going to do horrible things to me but they're clearly thinking about okay how can we you know we've got this content coming up how can we make it sort of serve two two purposes how can we make it exciting and a new piece of content for people to get interested in but also how can we start to encourage people to play in the ways that we maybe we expected them to be playing in a bit more or maybe we just want to encourage that kind of play a bit more a bit more um mm-hmm. and some feedback from from the community as well saying you know i wish that i could crew up with people a bit more often and we could you know form a fleet and we can go and do something well it sounds like they're taking that on board and they're they're thinking about that for these future updates um and the other thing uh, we'll talk about achievements briefly in a second but um they have been talking about weekly update uh weekly events sorry after that so once hunger and deep is out they're talking about doing weekly events where something is going to happen and you're going to get a reward for it now from what they were saying i think that's going to mostly be cosmetic rewards which is obviously fine um Mm -hmm. but i think what could be interesting is is if is if those events involve some kind of uh change to the drop rates for certain things so when we're talking about the fact that you know it's difficult to get to get where we need to get uh in progressing with each of the merchant alliances um maybe the the weekly events can involve some kind of increase to certain drops or increase to mm. to one thing or another maybe there'll be a golden pig somewhere and it's there for 24 hours and if you can get that golden pig back to the merchant the, to the merchant traders uh, sorry the merchant alliance in in time then you know you could go up three levels in, in a day and you know you might have people manically going for that kind of thing and i don't know whether that might cause a lot of friction but it might also be enough to get people hooked in a little bit again to say like oh i was starting to get a bit sick of chasing pigs around but if there's a golden one i don't know maybe i might go for that but they've got islands in the game that aren't charted on the map i keep sailing by them and Mm. there's nothing on them so that i've got a feeling that they're going to be the places that are going to end up being the live events like Oh, in between yeah. Smuggler's Bay and Crescent Island, there's an island that you've never seen before. And underneath is, you know, a mysterious mermaid cave. And, you know, the, the screenshots have been online about these mysterious underwater caves and they're going to be utilised for gameplay. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Um, but I do, I, I do agree with the notion of this week it's banana week and it's just going to be pure <laughs> banana crates because how are we going to get these achievements? I don't know. <laughs> well, let's move on to that, actually, because obviously... Segway. The, yeah, thanks, Darren. Um, yeah, given that the site that we work for and that we're recording this for, um, the achievement list has caused quite a lot of controversy. Um, so let's get on to, <laughs> to the stats. Uh, I think there was a point where we were worried this month that the stats for the month would be very low anyway, because Rare had to basically turn off achievements for a couple of weeks. Uh, luckily, mo- I think mostly before the month started for us for tracking for ta playlist so it was mostly okay but yeah we were worried for a while that we're going to get zero stats for the month because no one would be able to unlock any achievements um but 
once I turned back on, there was still a few problems. It, it took a little while for those achievements to start bleeding back through. They still tend to be a little bit sticky as to when they actually turn mm-hmm. up. Um, but we got there in the end and through this month on site we saw 360,000 achievements unlocked by 41,000 gamers on site and that's uh, just shy of 4 million gamer score and 8.5 million TA score um, the latter mm. being our proprietary scoring system um, to better represent achievement difficulty sorry a little <laughs> plug there um, <laughs> so nice. I eventually managed to get 11 achievements for 120 gamer score and 258 TA score. So that's, that's pretty low output because I really only got the basics. Um, Mark, how did you do this month? I got, I finished with, you know, obviously I reviewed this. So these aren't all from our, our community month of April, but somewhere in March. Uh, but currently I sit at 20 out of 60. And, uh, you know, as we'll get on to, there's a bunch of those that are a bunch of those that I haven't obta- obtained that also nobody else in the world has. So <laughs> I'm not too bad, really. And uh, Darren, I, I gave you a little update on on your achievements for the month as well. I don't know whether you're necessarily tracking that stuff on the site, but um, you, you've done um, pretty well. Yeah, I, I, it's, um, I, I like achievements, less so now than I have done. Um, but I, I really like the website True Achievements. It helped me through the dark <laughs> days of rare replay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've um, I've earned thirty four achievements in Sea of Thieves, and there are still oh, wow. three or four that haven't unlocked me. But I've got video evidence of me doing them. So the tactical chunder, where you throw your sick over someone who's holding a sword mm-hmm. or has a sword equipped. Um, the boat race, where you race side by side without firing cannons. And just um, the parlay one where you get attacked by an enemy, skeleton or player, block them and then attack them within five seconds. That hasn't unlocked yet. I've done it so many times. <laughs> I'm just like, it's so frustrating yeah. because it's, it's a rare game. And when an achievement called Perfect Dark is in the game, I'm going for it. And when I did it for the first time, it didn't unlock. I felt like I was just cheated out of my gamer score. And, you know, I've got over... What, 100,000 gamer score might might be a lot might not be a lot anymore I don't really know but I'm proud <laughs> of that I put a lot of time into that um, and when the, when achievements don't unlock I just think no I've earned this mm. and they've said in their um their weekly updates there's like problems and fixes and solutions and we know it right at the bottom it says we understand that achievements aren't unlocking for some players we're working on a way to resolve this and retroactively unlock them for some players how do they do that I don't know. I, don't, I can't see the back end of these systems. But hopefully one day I'll turn it on. Some of them have popped through late, like the and 10 titles achievement has popped. But that's, that's that's an easy stat to grab from some you know mysterious thing that I can't see. But the fact that I've, I've done these things where I have thrown a bucket of sick over someone who's held a sword, how, how, how does the game track that? I don't really understand. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I should have more achievements than this and... I want them all, but am I gonna am I gonna get them all? I don't know. I I thought that about rare replay that I was never gonna get the ultimate fan, you know, Stampers Forever achievement. But I did that. Yeah. So maybe I can brute force my way through a thousand shipwreck chests sold. You know that random thing that happens in the game that you might not get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the issue here I think because even compared to Rare Replay we've uh, as Mark uh, covered in an article that he wrote um, that I'll, we'll link to in the in the show notes on site but the achievement list here we're used to grinds on true achievements there's always grindy achievements around especially in, in online multiplayer games um, but 
never quite as much as Sea of Thieves, or at least it seems to us anyway. Um, first off, no one in the entire ecosystem, as far as we're aware, <laughs> has unlocked every single achievement. It seems to be... I mean, up until a few days ago, to be fair, one of them was actually unobtainable, it seemed, and, and they had to fix it. But um, there are 12 achievements in this game that no one has unlocked anywhere, apparently. Um, and the problem is... is that basically towards the end of this list it's just all collect a thousand of this collect a thousand of that collect a thousand of this and obviously as we've talked about a lot on this episode of the podcast each uh mission each voyage that you go on takes quite a lot of time and it would take a hell of a lot of time for people to rack up even the basic uh, voyages, even even the basic kind of achievements that that involve getting you know regular chess or even captain's chess and things like that. But then you've got achievements like the banana crates. So um, there's an achievement for is it a thou- I think it's finding a thousand banana crates. <laughs> um, at, at the time uh, that Mark wrote his article, it certainly anecdotally anyway, we were coming across people who were saying I've played a hundred plus hours of this and I've never seen a banana crate. Mm. and you've got to find a thousand of them and we worked out um i, th- I think rich actually t- mr ta himself worked out that even if you could find a banana crate every 10 hours which is obviously extremely generous because some people aren't finding them after 100 that's ten thousand hours um to get that achievement at the time of writing so that's that is a level beyond you know the seriously <laughs> 2.0 3.0s and, and things like that in gears of war i think that's that's just a bit ridiculous um I, I guess just briefly, Darren. How do you think this? This do you think this is a mistake or a misunderstanding, or do you think it? Do you think this points to the things we've been talking about that they're going to add in weekly events, and that it might make start to make more sense as to why these bizarrely ridiculous achievements have, have crept into the bottom of this list? Yeah, I don't know how you go a decade after achievements have been. I, I, I want to use the word perfected. I go, some games have got really good achievements and I don't know how even rare have had games with good achievements in before now. Um, but I don't, I don't know how you go 10, 15 years since the birth of achievements to go, yeah, have all these terrible ones and it's fine. Like, I don't know how you're completely blind to the ridiculous grind of it all. Like, I'm just looking at some mm. of them now. It's like, it's not only do you have to hand in 1,000 banana crates of which I've handed in four but you have to hand them in on time you have to do it as a part of the uh, I'm guessing as part of the contract with the Merchant Alliance so you've got to Mm. wait for it to pop up on your mission and then you've got to get it back to her on time and it's like are you uh, (laughs) uh, like uh, the people who really on this on True Achievements who take these achievements you know uh, as serious as they want to I I imagine they're not going to go anywhere near this game because no one's ever going to thousand year unless they um unless they do crank up the the, the drop rate for them. But then that's going to break the ecosystem of the games because if the game's always mm. dropping captain's check, you know, captain's chests, that's a lot of money to be dropping every you know <laughs> every time you play it on the live event. It's captain's chess weekend. Then you know that's going to mm. break the um the economy. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I, it's one of those things where I just think you completely just knackered the achievement system here and i'm I'm not happy with it i'm not happy with it i guess what's so surprising is not just that obviously rare you know the achievement system's been around for a long time rare have made achievement lists that are good but this is this is a microsoft title in the end it's published by microsoft that they're responsible for the certification process of putting these achievements through it it seems 
just insane that that between the two of them that that something like this was was passed it's, it's bizarre i mean mark i know that you said in the article that you had a, a to talk about another conspiracy theory but you had a you had a you had a suspicion that maybe <laughs> that someone not quite as close to the to the progression system in the game was responsible for the achievement the achievement list but um but i'm not sure well, if that's that's even true well yeah no i so hopefully it reads this way the, the way i wanted to frame that was you know if that were true if someone told me that as as something that were true it would make much more sense to me i, I oh, don't I see, see right why now. they would i don't no. see why they would have done it that way uh and, and, and yeah i don't really particularly think that it was done that way but it's what it feels like i suppose yeah and and then like i said in the article there's there's basically two solutions you either increase the drop rates drastically or you lower the totals because we've seen um previous games get their achievements patched as well to to be more manageable and and speaking of like microsoft games this actually was it was strange when looking at the stats a lot of the first party stuff uh a lot of the games high atop the list of like the grindiest achievement list are microsoft games the 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 Halo Master Chief collection is way up there. The original Killer Instinct list is way up there. But luckily, they patched that one later. It used to be, I think, complete 2,000 matches with each character. And now it's 200. You know, so that's a, that's a huge drop-off. I mean, even 200 banana crates is still is still uh, hmm. worth crying over in Sea of Thieves. But, <laughs> you know, I, I could... I think you're right that the future weekly events are going to focus on some of these items. And we're going to get increased drop rates. But I don't think that totally fixes it because then, you know, you're you have to get on there for certain weekends or else, you know, you're going to miss maybe and then maybe that weekend you would have collected 45 banana crates. Well, that's great. No, you know, you've still got if they haven't changed it from a thousand, you've still got over 900 banana crates to go. Mm-hmm. So I think even if the weekly events focus on some of these in ways that would be beneficial to the players who are going for these achievements uh it's not going to be the complete fix you re- they really have to lower it as well which i i think they will do to be honest <laughs> i'm i'm i mean it, you know i quit the qa job i had but imagine being the tester who has to hand in a thousand banana crates and it go <laughs> and it go through certification like how is not that's definitely on a bug list as a suggestion low priority low severity look these achievements are rubbish. Sort it out. <laughs> okay, we'll sort it out. They, they, they've got to sort it out. And the, if they're not aware of it, then I'm going to phone up my my friends who I used to work with and say, look, open that gate because I'm coming in. <laughs> tell you off. Well, the, oh, it's ridiculous. The worst thing, you know, I, it was actually, it's a very salient salient point that I, I didn't make in the article. And then uh, that, that story blew up on Reddit, among other places. And I think one of the top Reddit comments when it when it was on the xbox one subreddit was you know it's not just for the banana crate specifically because that was the one we really focused on because even with like a dozen other really grindy ones this one is is basically impossible the others are are pretty unfair but this one is it's it's really pointless in its current state but it's and it's not just that you have to hand in a thousand banana crates like you and it's not just even that you have to hand them in on time like you said darren but what a banana crate is is a box in which you place 50 bananas you know like mm-hmm. so you yep. have to find a thousand of these and fill each one <laughs> with 50 bananas so you have to find you have to fill boxes with 50,000 bananas <laughs> when these crates basically don't appear at all to begin with it, it's it's ridiculous <laughs> 
Well, I think I think that's a that's a interesting point to leave the achievements conversation on. To be honest, because I think I think we can all agree that something's got to change. Something's almost certainly going to change, um, and and we're just going to have to see see where it goes. Um, but I think to 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 sum up, I know that Mark, you've been you've been holding on uh very uh politely to a story for for most of the podcast but um yeah i just wanted to share uh just between us our, our favorite stories really um i think i'll i'll start with um a community one that i, that I quite enjoyed which is from uh infamous anthony uh who said i was going to a skull fort to see if the galleon there would be let me assist for a share of treasure they didn't take kindly to the intrusion and blew up my boat with a powder keg shortly shortly after i arrived I then swam over to the galleon undetected and climbed on board. I began eating all their bananas to keep them from being able to heal in combat. And then I noticed their mid-deck was covered in holes and that they only had a small supply of planks left. I thought if I wasted all of their planks on their mid-deck, then they wouldn't be able to fix any new holes that might appear in their bottom deck. As I was preparing to do this, I heard the triumphant music of the skull fort being completed and I realised I didn't have time to enact my plan. I then went topside wondering what to do when I saw that their anchor was already up. I then started pulling their sails down but realised that there were two people on the boat with me. One of them blunderbussed me over the edge and I began swimming back to the fort island. Upon reaching it, I ran unnoticed to the central tower's bottom room and hid behind a wooden wall. I stood there for around 10-15 to 15 minutes while I heard them frantically running around the island looking for me. I realised I had only seen three names while fleeing and fighting them and thought they might only have three, of, three out of four crew members. I sent a PM to one of them saying something along the lines of ''If you let me join your crew, then this can all be over.'' At which point they invited <laughs> me to their party. There were already four people in the crew, unfortunately where they said they'd been fighting for this island for three hours and would be willing to give me a share of the treasure if I promised to let them grab the loot unmolested. I agreed for a share of the merchant goods and arrived with them to an outpost. After that, I helped them load treasure and we went to the nearest outpost and turned in our respective goods. After which, I asked them if they wanted to boost achievements and we then proceeded to unlock a few of the less intensive ones since they needed to log off soon. After that, we proceeded to have a series of one versus one duels in which I killed every last one of them before they left. Overall, a fun day. Now, that's... That's a pirate, you know. That that's really a pirate. I think you know someone who's gone to that much effort to to basically role role play, you know, blackmail them to say, mm. look, I can, I I'll leave you alone. You can, I won't cause you any more aggression, but you're going to give me a percentage, and then we're going to go our separate ways. You know, it's it's a there's a pirate code forming there, which I thought was really lovely. But um, but Mark, uh, tell us about tell us about your experiences uh, doing your sort of mild mischievous. Uh, <laughs> pseudo assaults on other people's boats well yeah and very quickly regarding that story you just told i just (laughs) i was trying not to laugh too loud uh in the mic but uh the imagery of him or or whoever i'm not familiar with this person but uh when they were the imagery of them in the lower deck just consuming all their bananas (laughs) is just too funny to me just just stuffing their (laughs) face with all the bananas so they have no health items i just i just love that that part when you read that but uh yeah so my story is is more an amalgamation of many of my favorite moments because i have a certain uh i have a certain thing that i like to do basically I, i i sort of started to tell it earlier but i wanted to save it for now so what I do if I'm so typically when I'm solo, although a couple of times I've like abandoned my crew and done this, uh, done this with like a, away from my galleon as well. But I'll I'll take my sloop if I see a ship in the distance. I don't I don't care if it's a sloop or a galleon. Uh, so it's actually kind of more fun if it's a galleon. But I will approach them. Hopefully they don't see me coming. Like if they're if they're on an island or if they're in the outpost doing whatever else they may do. Uh, I approach them. I don't anchor. 
I get up really close. I jump off the ship and stay underwater as best I can, hopefully out of sight of them. And then I just basically let my ship sail away. So if if they didn't see me, but then maybe they do moments later, it just looks like I'm a ship that just ha- just just passed them, you know, passed them by with, without <laughs> conflict. Uh, and from there, it depends on what happens. Basically, my intention is to remain on ship with them for as long as I can without them knowing. <laughs> I, I, I've i joked, uh, maybe I've tweeted this, I've, I've said it to people who know me, I, I never really feel like I outgrew hide-and-seek. I kind of wish adults were cool with hide-and-seek because I still like, to, like I have a five-year-old, so it's still fun to play. And that's kind of why I like PUBG as well. So I've kind of brought hide-and-seek to Sea of Thieves. Basically, I will try to sneak onto their ship. Uh, if it fails and they're hostile... Uh, I kind of just avoid, I kind of dance around and play music, kind of trying to let them know non-verbally that I'm, I don't mean them any harm. Some some of them will still kill me then. Uh, and when they do, I've, I've then given myself permission to retaliate. <laughs> and what I do to retaliate is basically the same thing. <laughs> Sneak on again as many times as needed until it works. Although, honestly, if it doesn't work the first time, usually the second time I'm successful. Uh, I'll sneak on and just wait for the right moment to strike. Uh, one, I remember one time... They had a a uh, gunpowder kegged in the bottom, so I shot that when they were on island and their ship sank. Another time, they, they had no idea I was there for like 30, 40 minutes. I was just sitting, like I did the sit emote in the crow's nest, so I'm really well hidden. They, you know, if they, I think even if they looked up, they might not see my name up there, or maybe maybe it would have, but they just never looked. I'm not sure, but I remained hidden. Uh, I mean, and like I said, this has happened several times. It's just like my favorite thing to do in the game. Uh, I'll just pretty much hide out in the crow's nest. If they've already been hostile to me, I, like I said, I've given myself permission to retaliate. And then my a few times, the, the way it unfolded that was my favorite is uh, that they, they had some loot on board. They don't know I'm there. They're, doing, they're going about their business, going island to island. And while they dock at one island... And once they run in, and hopefully, hopefully it's one of the bigger islands where where I've got some cover. And while while they're inland, you know, digging or or following their riddles or whatever they're doing, I basically raise their anchor, which on a galleon is extremely tense, mind you, because it, it takes so long to raise an anchor solo on a galleon. It's the <laughs> tensest. It's 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 the only other tension that I felt like this in games is is like playing horror games like outlast 2 was incredibly tensed or like PUBG when you're down to the final few like your heart really starts racing and and raising a galleon's anchor solo is is one of the most tense and exciting like really exhilarating moments in games for me but uh hopefully if all goes well the best version of the story is that i raise their anchor i drop their sails if need be i sell their boat away and then as I'm sailing away, I drop all their loot in the water because I don't even have a ship and I don't want it anyways. I'm just an agent of chaos at this point. I just drop all their loot in the water. <laughs> like a, This is where I've really put on the black hat at this point. <laughs> like I said, I'm typically non-combative, but once they give me permission to, to ruin their day, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Darren probably thinks less of me at this point. But, no, I agree. I, <laughs> uh, you know, retaliate when fired upon. Never be the first to fire. I, I agree. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, and, but and I've uh, a couple of times I've done it exactly this way and then before they've respawned, like maybe they haven't noticed yet or you know whatever it is there's a delay there. I've I've done my task. I've and then you know so their ship's now empty. It's quite a bit away. One of them has to respawn to go retrieve it, bring it back to their crew. But all the meanwhile, I've actually went back up to their crow's nest. Usually at that point, they start looking for me. So people will sometimes find me at that point. But even even then, I've had other experiences where that hasn't been the case. And I've done this a few times with these people. One time, uh, 
these these people sank me there was a galleon they sank me i actually i have screenshots of it i even sent them like a, a message and uh i role play a little bit in the messages so i said uh oh yeah yeah you failed to sink me you salty sea dogs or you know i just kind of joke around <laughs> with them in pirate speak and uh i sent them a, i sent them a screenshot i took of my ship sinking uh a few feet away or whatever but meanwhile uh, i'm taking the screenshot sitting up in their crow's nest and then from that point, like, you know, 20 minutes later or so, I've I've already sank their ship a few times before they've ever really figured out what's been going on or who's been harassing them. It's just, it's my favorite thing. And that's why, like, I'm really not leveling up in this game very well, because every time I get on, like, I'll try to stay task oriented. And then as soon as I see a ship, I'll go and just just try to sneak on. And and actually, when it's when it doesn't end combatively, like often with other sloopers, like I said, I've I've snuck on. And I've just sat there, and I I don't usually end, ruin their days. Uh, or if the sloop people, if the other sloop people spot me, I'll come on. I'll play music. We'll play music together. I'll end up like questing with them when my ship's nowhere in sight. It's it's sailed away to to, to the horizon like long minutes ago, and I, I suddenly I'm helping this person turn in treasures that I'm not even getting uh, rewarded for. And so it can kind of go two ways and go hostile or non-hostile. And then when it does go hostile, that's when a, a lot of the fun stuff happens. And there's a few in the flow chart. There's a few more funny branches that I take it. But yeah, basically just s- sneaking onto people's ships and being creepy, hiding in their crow's nest is my favorite thing. And it's ended a lot of great ways. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Darren, you've, you've given us uh, some amazing stories so far, but is there any anything in particular that stuck out for you? Oh man, my Twitter feed just seems to be a non-stop story machine. I tried <laughs> to turn it down a bit because you know people might not want to see it every five minutes on their feed. Um, but it genuinely is a testament to how story creative that game can be. So I was sleeping on my own. I had loads of stuff on my boat. This is what I mentioned earlier when I started swearing. And I apologise for swearing, and they said that was pirate language. But when I went into the outpost, one of their four chased me, uh, cannoned onto my ship. I managed to cut this, charge them off. Got the achievement for popping them off the, into the water, which is no, that does not know how it works. But I did that anyway. Um, sorry, I'm getting, getting confused <laughs> of how you get the achievement. You do that on their ship, but in this case, it was on my ship. Popped him off the side. And I said, oh, yeah, you're going to come back for more. So he climbed up the obvious ladder and I blunderbussed him off. So he, f- he flew off again into the water and he was he had low on health. <laughs> so I thought, all right, now's my time to take my stuff, cash in what I can. As I was cashing in a few items, he was healing and hiding. I cashed in a few. He stole a few of mine, which made me angrier. I respawned, went back on the ship and I was just dancing around with him on the island saying, mate, you're just, you're just rubbish. Like, you're just terrible. Stop stop, stop <laughs> shooting at me. Stop shooting at me. In the background, their galleon has been crackened and I just started cracking up laughing. Like, that that's what you get. That's karma for being an absolute swear word. And they were like, okay, get back, get, get back to the ship. So he ran back, he mermaided back onto his ship and I'm just there just absolutely tearing up. Um, cashed in like 90% of my stuff. I felt happy with the situation, you know. I felt like I'd hold my own. And then I just thought... You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the idiot now. I'm gonna turn the tide, and I'm gonna start. I'm gonna give them some, you know, some grief, but not based on anything to do with stealing their stuff. I'm not gonna. I just want to mess with them for the next hour. I've dedicated the next hour of my life, <laughs> not earning stuff, but just to annoy these people. So I respawned on an island far away, the other side of the map. In fact, I think I was on Mermaid's Hideaway, and they were up all the way at the top by Smuggler's Bay, round there, anyway. And I thought, right, as as long as it takes, I'm going back to where they are. 
took a rough guess of where they should be based on you know just general guesstimate guesstimations you can kind of after a while i know the map so well you can kind of work out where they're going to be and how far they can get within a certain time sleeps quick and nimble so i got there i saw them on the island up in the corner and i was like um right now i'm just going to sit on this island I'm just going to hide in a bush <laughs> and just make noises at them and just go, I'm in the island, come and find me. And they're like, where is he? And they were, they were, they were German, so they were talking in kind of, you know, good, good enough English for me to understand, um, which is another thing. A lot of people talk English in this game and I, f- I feel like they kind of feel like they have to, whereas I kind of like playing with German people anyway because they've got cool accents. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm hiding in the island and I'm like, I'm in I'm in a little rock pool, come and find me. And it was kind of turning into like a weird tense game of like Predator in a weird way. <laughs> I was just sitting there just like, they're going to find me soon. And I, I kind of asked for it. I kind of asked for this fun. But yeah, in, in a way I was kind of asked to be just chased around and hunted. But underneath it all, I, I wanted to just give them a little bit of fear of what an experienced solo player can do on their own. Mm-hmm. So I jumped off a, off a cliff and I, I, I found a gunpowder barrel and I was running towards their ship and I said, you shoot me, you blow us all up. Because I was, I was close enough to their ship for them to, you know, for, for it to be a worry. I said, you shoot me and we're all going down. And they're, they're, oh, oh God, just shoot him, just shoot him. And they, shoot, they shot me just in time for me not to actually impact their ship at all. I thought, right, I'm going back. So I went back to their island again and they were still there in the same place. And, um, so, I, I pulled up to the shore, same space. They saw me this time because I saw the reflection of the spyglass. Right, they see me. One of them comes running over with a gunpowder barrel with the intent of blowing up my ship. I scuttled my ship because I didn't need it, hid in a bush. I went, ah, oh, can you <laughs> find me? <laughs> he drops the gunpowder barrel and his mate comes along as well. And they're both looking for me and I'm hiding in a bush. Like You can hide <laughs> in the trouble quite, quite well in this game. It's quite a nice, densely populated game for, uh, for foliage and stuff like that. They both run past me like, so close and they run off I grab the gunpowder barrel I go running back to their ship as fast as I can I was like this is what happens when you mess with people that are better than you you shoot me we're all going down again they shot me before I went down and they're just all just cracking up laughing but amongst all this there were moments of me jumping into the sea hiding under some rocks and uh, he's like I was like yeah go on shoot me waste your bullets and he's like oh yeah I can't keep on shooting forever because I'm going to run out of bullets and I was like yeah see man like I I'm better than you. Be careful. <laughs> people are better than you at this game. You better be careful. So I like teaching people lessons. Um, just because I'm in a sloop doesn't mean I can't do some serious harm to you and nick your stuff. Yeah. And um, just look, look, that took an hour of my time. I had nothing from it apart from the knowledge that I'm pretty good at CFEs if I want to be. And also, you know, that was a, yeah, that was a cool, that was a cool thing to experience. And, um, you know, there's a game mode in there that's like remember project Gotham 2 they did the cat and mouse thing on their own a community-led mode in sea of thieves there's there's a there's a game mode like you say with hide and seek there's a there's a brilliant world there that you can hide around in and you know just be a little ninja on the island and four <laughs> people hunting you down like i it was a it was a, a, a man-made or a human-made thing that i did and I, yeah, it was such a thrill just to be, what's the, um, kind of like, I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like, I knew I was better than them at the game without doing too much damage. And it felt good that I was, mm. you know, I, I had earned that right to be better than them because I was, yeah. And don't knob around with sloops because <laughs> they can, they can bite you. 
<laughs> it's almost like the the ancient yeah. master you get in like a, a blockbuster movie in like a karate movie or something like that where you know you're just casually just taking people's legs out from underneath them with a stick not actually hurting them being like look i, I know what yeah. i'm doing okay like just go about your business if you come near me that's all that's going to happen but it's going to keep happening and it's going to annoy you eventually i love that it's, and, when, and, it's, it's, it's uh, during your school years people always say not to pick on the quiet one because they're the ones that can actually do some, <laughs> yeah. you know and in in my case, that was genuinely true. Um, yeah, same. But yeah, that that reminded that reminded me of that. Like you push me so far, and I will go a bit postal. Yeah. Like you, you don't know what I can do just because I'm quiet doesn't mean I'm not um, like a little Jack Russell and I'll bite back. I can get in your head. <laughs> that's the difference. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another thing. Quick, quickly on a skelly fort, took down this skelly fort. Saw a mermaid in the water, and then all of a sudden I heard this voice go, "I'm in your head. I can read your mind." It's full of pink triangles. And I was like, fair play. That's funny. I'm happy with that. I don't, I don't even want the skelly fort anymore. You've read my mind, apparently. Yeah. The, the game is fun. Um, it just needs more. More. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the stories like that really capture the kind of my overall takeaway i guess with this game is that with the progression loop being so lacking for so many and the mission structure needing more to it and hopefully it'll these things will be made more robust over the coming months or years but i think for now and maybe for always even after we get a lot more to this game i i think the 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 true currency of this game are the are <clears throat> is the stories that that you get to take away and tell and uh, maybe that sounds uh, too apologetic for for rare who you know in many players eyes needed to do more with with the open world but for me like i've i've had so many hilarious and, and really exhilarating moments in this game just oftentimes of my own creation like that and uh it, it just works for me I'll, I'll be playing it for a long time <laughs> yeah me too yeah and 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 that's good to hear and and i think i'm not going to share a story because to be honest i don't have that many that are that are positive and, positive, and yeah. i must admit talking to you both uh both on the podcast and beforehand it, i guess the frustrating thing most of all to me is not that i completely dislike the game but i i like what i'm hearing from you guys and i hope that if i give it a bit more time i can start to find those stories myself uh, it's been frustrating to that it's taken that long but i'm hoping that with the content updates and everything else that i'll start to see some change so i think it's not the end of the road for me it's it's uh, i'm gonna have, have a lot of reservations and i'm probably gonna wait a bit for for the content to kind of sink in before i dump i, I dump myself back in there um but i'm hopeful for the future at the moment i think there is somewhere for it to go and and hey while it's on game pass it's only only going to cost me another eight pounds or whatever to to give it another go for a month so um so i'm I'm quite hopeful um and i hope i hope that the community stays with them and and uh these stories keep coming out and and enticing more people in so as we finally sail back to port it's time to remind everyone that you can download this podcast from the podcast app of your choice and if you can rate and review it we very much appreciate it especially if you're able to do so on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or I'm still confused by that because the Microsoft Store has now decided to call it iTunes and there's podcasts in that. I don't uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it, please go there <laughs> if you can and give us a review <laughs> and a star rating because as always, that's the biggest signal boost we can get <laughs> is, is, is from those lists on Apple. So that would be fantastic. But if not, just tell your friends about us and what we're doing. Um, encourage them to come over to trueachievements.com if they're not 
already join in with everything we have going on there and point them to our little playlist corner where they can take part in upcoming months and speaking of upcoming months in may's episode we will be tumbling down the rabbit hole in american mcgee's alice Mm. madness returns so uh Darren, actually, I'll start with you because I happened to take a little peek at your uh, history on TA, and I saw you've actually completed this one, although it was seven yeah. years ago. So it might be it might be a bit a bit a uh, bit of a loose memory there. But would you say it's a good one to talk about? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I'm going to plug Kane and Rince here, but we covered it uh, in 2012, issue 19. Um, well, but yeah, l- l- obviously, true achievements comes first because that's that's you know that's your community. But if you fancy listening to what I thought of the game, we did an issue on that way back five six years ago wow <laughs> yeah uh, but i remember enjoying the game um warts and all i'll say okay <laughs> good and, and mark I, I think you're in my boat where we we don't really know what we're getting into so it should be an interesting month for us yeah i haven't i haven't played it i i re-downloaded it as soon as it won um i'm curious about it i think it's going to somewhat be representative of its time for for better or worse but uh yeah, it's definitely one that's been in my backlog for a while. I'm excited to play it. And to Darren's point regarding Kane and Rince, I just uh, wanted to like reiterate there there would be no TA playlist without Kane and Rince. Obviously, we've cribbed their format quite quite well here. Um, <laughs> as I joked with, nah, that's not our format. <laughs> we stole that off someone else. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was. So this is yeah, like I was saying off air. This is actually our technically our second crossover. I did the Mad <clears throat> Max episode with you guys shortly after we had started this a year ago. But really, uh, I've been listening to Kane Rince for years. Um, I was a big fan. I, I think Sam attributes my uh, public adoration of CNR for as the reason why he listens to it now, and now he's a big fan. And uh, yeah, there there would be there none of this would exist without Kane Rince. So uh, thank you personally, Darren, for coming on with oh. us, and thanks for Kane Rince for for showing us the way. You guys do great stuff over there. Oh, I've been busting to talk about Sea of Thieves for one month and eight days now so yeah thanks for having me on I, yeah <laughs> i feel like i've detoxified my body now i can play again without you know that's the that's the good thing about doing these like you know the playlists and the cane and issues is that once you've spoken about a game to such ex- like such depth and detail and you know how long we take on like you just kind of just get a system it's like yep yeah, i'm done with that game now just just shake it off and you don't have to ever talk about it ever again if you don't have to that's the beauty of doing these cane and rinses is that right we've done the golden episode i can now take off all the weight off my shoulders on that game and it's done yeah um but yeah i hope you enjoy alice madness madness returns um yeah it's an interesting one well i'm looking forward to it but um i don't know about you two but i'm definitely in need of a grog so until next month uh, i just want to say thank you for to everyone for listening and happy sailing <laughs> Bye. Bon voyage. Is that a word? <laughs> yeah, that works. <laughs> Wicked. If you'd like to hear more from Darren Gargett, he's at Desmond on Twitter. That's at D E Z M zero N D. And he's a veteran contributor to the Cane and Rinse podcast, which you can find at caneandrinse.com. And if you want more chat about Rare's glory days, Darren is chairing a Rare panel featuring Kevin Bayliss, David Wise, Chris Seaver and more at Revival Generation X. That's happening on Saturday the 19th of May and should be available as a podcast soon after. You can find out more at Revival R Events on Twitter.